Uh, hello, Jenna. Yes, hi. Can I just have a, uh, a vanilla milkshake? Thank you. Yeah, I feel like one of them. Thank you very much. Hey, Nick. Hey, how you going? Hey, Ray. Good to see you here. I'm doing well. We're doing well. Uh, fancy seeing you in a place like this. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> this is the place to be for, for like Moon Knight fans. We're here with Jenna behind the bar. Her son's busboying about, I guess. Um, I've got I've got our rides for, for Grant Mansion, if you're keen. I know I've just ordered a drink, but, you know, you know me. <laughs> well, you know, we could, we, could, we could take... I suppose you could have these drinks to go. You know, I've got a little flask candy, so I guess I can pour this... <laughs> Pour this whiskey and coke into my little portable flask. I'm, hopefully Jenna doesn't mind that we walk out with these, at least with my adult beverage. But, you know, I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely game, you know, have to seize the moment. Exactly. Well, hang on, let me just chuck some coin on the counter. There you go, Jenna. Thanks a lot. Um, yes, thank you for the milkshake as well. Nick's got his. Come on, Nick, let's go outside. Oh, let's go. All right, Nick, here we are, just outside, and no moon copter, but we do have the moon cycles. Are you ready to ride, my good sir? Sounds good, yes, and I like these, you know. Wow, uh, where did you get these? <laughs> uh, I got them from Italy, Nick. Uh, they, oh, really? Yeah, 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 I thought you would have recognised, you know, the design. It's, uh, well, nothing but the best. Supporting the local economy, I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, uh, here's, your, here's your moon helmet. Here's mine. Oh, nice. All right, let's go. Looney listeners, you are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 194, and yes, welcome back to Grand Mansion. We are here. It's splendid. It's regal. It's majestic. I am your host, High Press Conchu Ray. G'day, g'day. And as you heard at the very top of the show, I have brought over a very special guest for an Isla Ra Sessions. Yes, indeed, those four desert island books that you cannot live without. So I want to give a huge welcome to the Grant Mansion. He's just dusted off his boots. He's taken off his helmet. Welcome, Nick. How are you? Hey, Ray. I'm doing wonderful. Under Conchu's eye, I suppose, since we are on the <laughs> Moonlight Podcast. So as you would say, Under Conchu's eye, I am a novice at this. You know, I, I do not have, sadly, the title of High Priest yet. But someday <laughs> soon... I may rise through the ranks from uh, novice to high priest. Oh. So I am honoured and blessed to be in this hall on these in this hallowed place. Oh, it, it's fantastic to have you, Nick. Here uh, we've had some many many fine chats uh, on your show, uh, and uh, it's just great to have you on the other side of the fence, so to speak, for this one. Uh, so, listeners, this is DJ Nick. He is a a massive podcaster in his own right as well. Happiness in Darkness, Gold Standard, The Phantom Zone uh, podcast, also Teen Titan. Nick, it's you've got it all. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so you cover, I mean, in a nutshell, we, we will get into it in the talk, but you, you do cover a wide range of, of comic book and movie related stuff. 
Correct. Yes. Uh, you know, because obviously being a DJ by trade, you know, I obviously have to mainly talk music for, for, for you know, my day job and basically, uh, which is what I kind of is my bread and butter day to day. So it's nice to be able to take a break and actually enjoy the geeky stuff. So uh, yeah. so because I, I don't really get the chance obviously, to do that for work. And so obviously podcasting is a fantastic, uh, should we say, echelon in, in to, to be able to do that and indulge my love of every of all things geeky, especially superhero related. Yeah, well, geeky stuff you want, geeky stuff you get right here, Nick. Um, as you can, uh, how are you, by the way, in, in the nice plush leather seats? We are in front of the roaring fire. The bark is playing in the background. Nothing but class here at Grant Mansion. Are you, are you settled yeah. in Okay. I couldn't be happier, you know, and, and I'm so happy. They actually have my beverages of choice because, you know, these kind of whiskeys, you don't find them anywhere else. And I'm so glad. I know you have to kind of keep them away from the boys because I know they get rowdy <laughs> if they get on the on the sauce, if you will. But thank you for keeping thank you for keeping this kind of special little liquor cabinet for me, knowing, you know, what I enjoy partaking. So I appreciate oh, that. Thank you for making no, you at home. Not, not at all. Don't thank me, Nick. Thanks, Samuels, our good butler. Uh, he'll, he'll be around here shortly. He... I, I did ask him. I, I got a, a whip round for him to, uh, you know, I whipped him to to, to bring those <laughs> to you. So there's a nice fine selection of whiskies, as you can see, right in front of you there. Now, listeners, Nick is here over at Grant Mansion for an idle or a sessions. That's what I I said at the top of the show. Uh, what we generally do for for listeners that aren't familiar, uh, what we what we'll do in the first half of the show, what we we like to get to know our fellow loonies. You know, this is all about kind of learning about our ITK community, those within it. Uh, and those within um, the the podcasting realm as well. So, just going to fire some some questions to Nick, kind of get under uh, and know him a little bit better, especially your, as you say, Nick, your geeky side um, and potentially your Moon Knight side as well. And in the second half, we will look at your four desert island books, or what I like to call the Isla Ra books. Now, so listeners, in the show notes, you'll see four encrypted links. They are to Nick's four books. So, what you can do. You can either stop listening now, click on them all, and have a look at what they are, read them, get acquainted with them, and come back. Or you can just uh, wait and be surprised and have them revealed to you as we go. Uh, so this should be exciting. You have brought uh, four varied books, which uh, I can't wait to get into a bit later on. Yay! Well, thank you so much, Ray. I'm glad you appreciate it. And you know what? It was very very hard mm. to choose just four because i know one could cheat and go on the trade paperbacks but you mm. told me that was not an option because i was no, like no. ah i <laughs> i was thinking to myself how can i you know bend the rules yes. a little bit and go into and get say ah trade paperback that's one volume but you know it's i guess that doesn't count but no it was it was tough to actually sit down and choose just four because I am, you know, when, when people ask me, you know, kind of about comics and stuff, I tend to say my love for comics is pan-comical in the sense okay. that I don't how I don't hold an allegiance yes. to a particular publishing house in the sense that I share my love with 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 all the comic books. That's why I say pan-comical. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, because I know there are folks who feel very strongly about, you know, DC or Marvel or Dark Horse or what have you. And I think that's great because it's interesting how one almost uh, becomes affiliated, if you will, with a certain publishing house. Mm, yes. And they almost become like like hooligans, like soccer hooligans, yes. in the sense that they live and breathe DC or they live and bleed mm. Marvel. You yeah. know, it's like, 
it's like the rest of the stuff doesn't exist. It's not real stuff to me. And you know what? Interestingly, I used to be like that way back when,、mm -hmm. which was actually during my metal days when I、oh. used to to be very heavy into sort of heavy metal, and it was like. Metal is the best, and f the rest, you know, kind of thing. <laughs>、um, who are you, your favorite? Who are your favorite bands? Metal bands. Well, I, you know what? Here's the thing. I actually started out as a glam rock drummer, so I played、Ooh. in a glam rock band. Nice. And and、um, so I, you know, I, I, when it came to the band, we played. We started off as like a cover band, obviously, and then we started writing our own songs. But it was everything that had come out of the Los Angeles circuit from that period. So we played stuff from like Poison, Alice Cooper,、oh, cool. Cinderella, all that stuff. And but yeah, metal. You know, but then obviously I would go and listen to everything. You know, be it,、um, death metal, black metal, thrash metal,、mm -hmm. goth metal, whatever. It, as long as the word metal was in it, I'd listen <laughs> to it.、Um, but、uh, and and I ended up actually hosting a.、Um, I, first off, I started、um, wanting to really get to know these musicians. Yeah. And so I said, "How can I do that?"、So、I said, "Ah, I could maybe become a journalist、mm -hmm. for a magazine or something," because I'd actually.、Um, Gotten a degree in music in in journalism from,、oh, okay. from college, yeah. And I thought to myself, you know, I I would love to do that. And so basically, I found this online webzine. And、uh, in 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 Italy, Ray, here's the thing: being mother tongue English is a huge advantage. Okay, because. Folks do speak English, but it's more kind of broken English, if you will. Yeah. And so they were like, "Oh, we have a mother tongue here, and he speaks, you know, great English." And so I, I was kind of, that was kind of my foot in the door. Nice. And then, and then from there, I started interviewing bands, and I got into that whole thing. And so it was. Wow.、Uh, yeah, I yeah. Once again, when it comes to going back to your original question, though, because as you know me, I tend to ramble. <laughs>、um, but, You're in good but company. That's, that's, <laughs> but that's that's. But you know what?、Well, that's the thing about, about us DJs. We love the sound of our own voices, and so we tend to just ramble. I wouldn't say I have a particularly favourite band because you know,、mm. having worked in the music business for almost twenty、uh, plus years now,、mm -hmm. it's hard to actually say I, I have a particular band. That's why if ever, ever I was invited on Desert Island Discs, I would be in major trouble <laughs> because I would not know how to choose four albums. Yeah, that, you know, it, it, even. even Even on social media, you know,、yeah. they had the whole thing running of put out your ten favorite、yes. albums. I'm like, yeah, ain't gonna do that because I have. There's just too many. <laughs> it would be it would be unfair to the other bands. Yeah, it's kind of like the same with the bands and comics as well. It's um, it's how you feel like on the day, right? I mean, there, there's、mm -hmm. you could have your four favorite bands one week, and then you know you might feel like. Listen, having these other bands, the other you know, the other week, similar to comics as well. It's the same thing, like、uh, with and and I have this morbid pleasure in hearing that everyone finds it difficult. So don't worry, Nick, you're not the only one. <laughs> you like you, you, let's let's be honest, listeners.、Uh, Ray loves seeing people squirm. He doesn't <laughs>、exactly. say, but he <laughs> exactly. There's this kind of guilty pleasure. Oh, of his, like, I love it. Steepling his hands, going exactly. I, it, was, it was about to say exactly the same thing. Steep, you you said it better. I was about to say, you know. Pointing my fingers together, but yeah, steepling the fingers exactly and chuckling—that's me. But、um, yeah, it, it's really hard, isn't it?、Um, and circling back to what you said uh, prior uh, about、um, having allegiances to publishing companies—it's that whole thing. If we're going to get really sociological, it's a whole thing about identity, isn't it? it it's you know, you can、mm -hmm. label that for country, you can label that for, I guess, you know, politics, you can label that for for comic books and and for for bands as well. People like to to find their identity. What defines them? And、uh, and and I I feel that runs definitely throughout the、uh, the comic book realm.、Uh, it's good to hear that you、uh, are pan. 
pan was it pan centric pan comic pan, i call i myself yeah i i coined the term pan comical pan comical that's really cool oh uh, yeah i like to dabble as well um uh, you know I, I wish i learned more about dc but uh you know maybe i will have listeners after after this uh, this episode, you know, so um, uh, I, mean, I don't want to retread here, Ray, because I'm yep. sure folks might know a bit. No, but I'm actually curious. Yep. Would you say that you tend to favor one publishing house over another, or I mean, or do you know more about one compared to another? Yeah, I, I think it's probably the the second, the latter. I would know more one about the other. Not necessarily I'd favour. I guess by default you could potentially say I favour Marvel over DC, but that's only because mm-hmm. I don't know much about DC. Uh, I kind of... It was kind of a, a, a circumstance that just happened. It wasn't really by choice. It's I just fell into Marvel and um, I lost my way with DC and I didn't get back to it. So uh, I am enjoying it now. I'm actually reading uh, John Ostrander's and, and uh, off the back of a recommendation from uh, a friend of ours, uh, Nick Russell, um, The Spectre. Um, and The Spectre's fantastic. I really do love it. <laughs> so uh, I've been enjoying that. You know, I've been delving into Superman. So, uh, yeah, I have been enjoying um, a lot of the DC stuff. But, yeah, just historically, I guess, the mother load is with Marvel um, and, and Valiant as well. I do love my Valiant. Yeah, I was going to say, you're a Valiant guy in more ways than one. Mm. <laughs> yeah, um, a, a bloodshot guy in more ways than one as well. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> and also, yeah. I wanted to actually take the moment to, to send a big shout out to our our Kentucky kid, Russell, of course, for oh, yeah. just for being a great guy. Big, a big shout out. And a, a, a shameless plug out here to Tomes of Evil. Fantastic. Nick and I, we've both been on it. Let's face it, we both love talking about evil yes, people, evil people. Um, Thanos, leader, <laughs> you know, it's all good. Um, I wonder what that says about us, Ray, but you I know, know. I'm just saying. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, you're, you're all sorted for drinks. Um, look, I'm just going to ring also, same, a little bell here. It's always good. I, he's part of the show. Look, he, he needs his 10 minutes in the in the spotlight. I can't deny him it. Here, here he is. Sammy Samuels. Okay, hi. Yes. Yes, you brought, Nick, all that whiskey as well. Um, I guess we can ask for nibbles. Do you want anything to eat? Nick, are you hungry? Ooh, some pretzels would be good about now if, they, if those are possible. Excellent. I'm a very simple guy. I love my pretzels and my garlic bread. Oh, fantastic. Well, we can get both. Samuels, do you think you can... Can you manage that? Pretzels and... Okay, yep. Okay, yeah. Well, Samuels is... We've got, we've got a big pantry over here. Mark is uh, he's got a healthy appetite. So there we go. Okay, uh, pretzels, <laughs> garlic bread, and just uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have that as well. Thank you, Samuels. Come on, away, away. I know you like your spotlight. Off you go. Okay, off he goes. Okay. So anyway, um, before we jump into Nick, your some core questions. What we usually ask our guests. I wanted to get your thoughts because it is topical. I guess at this time of recording. A WandaVision. We're talking about, you know, Ooh, some shows. Okay. The the finale just wrapped up. I know you're going to record later on. Some mm-hmm. so I don't want to. I don't want to, you know, steal your thunder in that sense. Like, you know. Ooh, no, not at all. It's going to be actually nice because so obviously yeah. I guess once I leave the mansion here, I'll be off to yep. the fandom zone to discuss WandaVision. <laughs> so this will be nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, just I guess broadly then, what did you think of the finale? Um, did you enjoy it? Yeah, well, first off, I really, really enjoyed it. I felt it was very clean and very tidy. That's what I will say, because Mm. bearing in mind you're here, we're dealing with a series and season finale. But yes, it was, I thought to myself, when I saw the runtime, I thought, how are they going to wrap this up 
in what 49 minutes mm. or something like that because there were quite a few strings left hanging and you were kind of wondering how are they going to sum it up i thought it was very clean and very sort of tidy as i thought and i really enjoyed what they did with it mm -hmm. there were of course some things which i know some folks were upset about or should we say disappointed about oh. i.e spoilers folks oh yes yeah, the fact of yeah. the fact of um yes for those who haven't watched the the season finale of one division you might want to go and do that now and then come back to this <laughs> but um just saying that that said uh the fact of for example of the shared universe i mean the fact that we got that quicksilver is not quicksilver mm. and that he's Ra ralph boner yes i mean i was like that's i right. thought that I thought that might have been a bit of a cop-out. Some people found it a bit of a cop-out. Yep. But I thought to myself, at the end of the day, from Paul Bettany, you know, kind of taking the mickey out of us, to yes. it, it, it makes sense that Disney would take the mickey out of us as well and just kind of like to tease us saying, you think you're getting the, 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 the shared universe. Think again. Yeah. You know, so, so I thought it was, and I think that, and you know, just like I mentioned about you kind of, like to see your your guests squirm mm -hmm. i have a feeling disney took delight and pleasure in seeing all these crazy theories being thrown out yeah because obviously they must they must have been just so over the moon saying wow everybody's so invested in this they're yeah. throwing out the craziest things and it's they're totally wrong because it's way simpler than that yeah, yeah. and uh, it's, it's, it's a, it was a question of Occam's razor, I suppose, where yes. you know the, 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 the most logical answer is the is the obvious one. Um, but I love the introduction of the of the Scarlet Witch, and I love the mm. fact that they. I actually thought because I actually I actually had postulated the fact that it's just magic; she's not a mutant, and yep. that was the case. Yeah. She's literally a magical creature. Yes, which and it is seems to be a mantle that has has been passed on almost from witch to witch or that a witch will inherit i made the example of the super saiyan if you will from dragon ball okay where it's the ultimate level that you reach and i'm thinking it's kind of like that were you were you satisfied with the finale uh, yeah I, I thought it was good um similar to you i guess the problem was that it was such a good show in the sense that it it posited so many theories so many ways that it could go and everyone was enjoying you know their own theories that you inevitably will will not reach that standard because you know it won't be your theory or it will be something that you may have thought and you've cast aside and said no they can't do that because it's you know that's a bit too obvious um so in the sense that it i kind of felt that but that has nothing to do with the show i think that was how i was preparing myself for the show and and uh, and I and I enjoy I enjoy speculating and all that, uh, but I think that did play a part in in how I experienced the last uh, the finale and and the, and the series as a whole, the season as a whole. I really did enjoy it though. I mean, seeing the payoff with the Scarlet Witch, that last episode, it was balls to the wall action, and and I loved it because we, we were talking about like powered up beings like Vision and White Vision, Agatha and Scarlet Witch and. They were just throwing it at each other, and I really did enjoy that. Um, there were some some holes, but again, it's like in retrospect, I was kind of after I watched it, I was kind of like, oh, they didn't close that out. They didn't close that out. But I guess in retrospect, they've got to keep things open because it's leading into the movie, like Doctor Strange two. And um, and did you think also, Nick, as well, because the title of the last episode is series finale. So does that mean mm. to you that this is the one and only season of Scarlet Witch that we'll get? Wonder, well, here's Wonder the Vision? thing. Yeah. 
Kevin Feige has been very tight-lipped about this、mm. in the sense that、um, he has said there might be a second season, there might not be, because probably I think at the end of the day he maybe doesn't know himself.、Yeah. As in, maybe they were not expecting it to be as successful as it was. Because bear in mind, because of obviously、uh, that the ultimate villain of all villains, COVID nineteen, came along, <laughs> and.、Uh, Yeah. You know, I think I think the you know、uh, our friend、um, our friend Russell should probably do an episode on on the COVID, <laughs> if you will, or some comic book、uh, artist <laughs> should create a character called COVID C- and make it an acronym, <laughs> yeah, or an, or an evil organization.、Um, but uh, but uh, the thing is,、um, Falcon and Winter Soldier was supposed to be the、yep. the first show to kick off the MCU TV verse, if you will.、Mm-hmm. So. You wonder how that would fit into the grand scheme of things. So it will be interesting to see when we do get Falcon and Winter Soldier in a couple of weeks, and how that plays in. I mean, I thought that the thing was this. I hope I would love it there for me to be a, a second season. But the problem is, I guess it all depends on where, what happens in Doctor、yeah. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yes. Because、uh, from what we know. You know,、uh, from what I've read, it seems like Vision will make a brief cameo in that film. Okay, well, he has、um, to because he 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 kind of left the White Vision at least left. That was one of the big holes for me. Like he got this almost.、Uh, he's like, I am the Vision, and he yes, zooms off. He got this revelation,、uh, an awakening almost, but then he went away, and so it just felt like, okay, well. Is he good now? Like, are we going to see him fight for the forces of good?、Uh, but I'm sure we'll get to see that.、Uh, you know, maybe in Doctor Strange, maybe. Could be. I, other than that, I mean, one could make the argument that、um, Tayona Paris's character of、um, Monica Rambeau was maybe underserved a little bit in this episode. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because yeah. Because you're thinking that maybe you're trying to set up a, one of the new heroes who will potentially become one of the new members of the Avengers,、mm-hmm. <laughs> and we still don't know whether she'll be Spectrum or Photon or even Captain Marvel. Yeah. Because another speculation was that she might take on the mantle of Captain Marvel, and that would cause some friction when、oh. she actually meets Captain、yeah. Marvel, i.e., Carol Danvers, in、yep. the Captain Marvel sequel. Yes,、um, which is、so、highly we, probable, she, right? Because yeah, yeah, from that end credit scene, it looks like that's where she's heading. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, I, that's the thing. I loved the the post credit scene where we got a scroll, and basically the the should we say the、um, throwback to Talos and Nick Fury. Yeah. So I'm assuming, hopefully, that we will be getting Sam Jackson in the next film, and also、uh, Mr. Mendelson yes. as Talos. Yes.、Um, I love, I love, I love.、Uh, I believe his name is Ben. Ben, ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, he's a great Aussie、and、actor. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. In fact, I didn't want to butch. I didn't want to get the name wrong. Seeing as he's, you know, <laughs> your fellow countryman as well.、Um, but yes, I, I, and so I'm assuming that that that,、uh, that scroll was talking about Talos and Nick Fury. Yes,、um, I, I thought maybe either or because she she did mention he's keen to see you. So so yeah, it was for my my. I was hedging my bets. It's either Talos or. Or Nick, basically, because Nick's up in space. So, exactly.、Yeah. In fact, and I actually had to remind one of my friends that Nick Fury was up in space.、Mm. Like, didn't he die? I'm like, <laughs> dude, have you forgotten Spider-Man: Far From Home? Yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs>、um, but、uh, but no, I love that, and、um, the whole thing of the dark hold, I think, is also an interesting、mm. thing. Bearing in mind, though, here's the one thing. It kind of throws out of canon Agents of Shield and Runaways. Yeah, because they the Darkhold was there, right? So they've 
Yeah, in the whole uh, Ghost Rider um, yeah. see, uh, story arc. Yeah, so uh, so a lot of people were thinking that that book wasn't the Darkhold because of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and, and Runaways, but yeah, lo and behold, I guess it is, but, you know, um, maybe... Well, And now I want a copy of that book. I mean, I would just <laughs> love to get that as a, the stage prop because the drawings were just so cool. Oh, they were really good, weren't they? Yeah, I, I love it. Yeah. It reminded me of the Book of the Dead and Evil Dead and Army of Darkness. Yes, the <laughs> Necronomicon. Yeah, exactly. yeah in, fact, as, as, in fact, I've actually mentioned on Fandom Zone that my girlfriend is a huge fan of the Evil Dead franchise. Oh, nice. And we were, watch, we were watching this together and she's like, is that? I'm like, no, babe, it's not the Necronomicon. <laughs> Pull your jets, it's not the Necronomicon. <laughs> <laughs> you should have just said yes, so then she would like watch more of it. So, I know, uh, because yeah. she was so excited about yeah. it. Because obviously, I mean, we we actually watched. The funny thing is, um, my friends kind of uh, find this hilarious. Is like, um, I tell them that on date nights, um, my girlfriend and I actually watched Ash versus Evil Dead. Yes, and the, the, the TV show. And they're like, oh, that, yeah, I said to her, I said to my friends, we find it incredibly romantic to watch this splatter TV <laughs> show together. They're like, okay, whatever floats your boats, guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, and for those that, um, those that have watched that series, you'll know that it gets to pretty extreme measures. I'm thinking of that autopsy room or, the, you know, that morgue. Um, there's that classic scene now, it's got to be, where, where Ash, um, how shall I say, a, a corpse mounts his head. Um, so to speak. Yes, um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Talk yeah. about um, you know. I mean, to know maybe I know this is mainly a family-friendly show, but talk about the. Um, it made me think of uh, Monty Python sit on my face. <laughs> 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 um. Okay, that aside. But it does make you wonder, though. Sam Raimi is going to be directing mm, the next Doctor yes. Strange film. Yes. So you wonder whether he might use some throwbacks to Evil Dead and have... I'm sure he's going to have a, a ball with the whole Darkhold thing. I have a feeling it's going to play majorly into oh, yeah. uh, the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse Madness. Plus, you have Sam Raimi. You know he's going to do some throwbacks to Evil Dead. Oh, yes. And he can do... I mean, he's proven with Army of Darkness and Evil Dead 2. He's proven that... Well, not, not so much Evil Dead 2, but maybe Army of Darkness, that he can do horror, but it's not your full-on gory... You know, R-rated hot. He can because it's Disney, right? So, um, I reckon he can do stuff that's scary enough. Um, but you know, and one... you got that also in Spider-Man Two with Doctor Octopus. Yeah, yeah that yeah, was yeah. very much. There was much an Evil Dead moment. Yeah, that was very good. Um, so I'm so looking forward to seeing what Sam Raimi can do now with Doctor Strange because, like, as we were saying, doing the whole occult stuff with Evil Dead, and being with the with the budget that he has with the Disney, I'm sure. He's going to really let his kind of kind of occult flag fly, and folks, I'm sure, are really looking forward to, to seeing what somebody like Sam Raimi can do with with Doctor Strange. I'm oh. so excited about oh, that. Me, movie. me too, as well. And and just finally, just um, to cap off a note, you, you spoke about Kevin Feige. I think he did say uh, the TV series that they are creating um, they've been kind of designed to either um, transition to like a film or to transition into another season or series and and i think wandavision's very much transitioning to doctor strange 2 but as you say anything can happen after that you know they might decide after doctor strange 2 that it might warrant another season of wandavision let's hope that, that it does because it is a very enjoyable i have found it a very enjoyable uh season series yes. as a whole yeah and yes and plus also i think elizabeth olsen if she doesn't get at least oh. one emmy 
it's going to be a crime against humanity because mm. Elizabeth Olsen has proven that she's a fantastic actress. Oh, with, without, and, uh, yeah, without a doubt. But again, I wouldn't be surprised if they ignore this particular genre, you know, again. Yeah. yeah, it'll probably get. It might get nominated, but might not win. Kind of like what happened with Black Panther at the yeah. at the Oscars of all things, because because mm. uh, Black Panther was actually nominated for an, as an Oscar for Best Picture. Yeah. It didn't win, but granted, okay, the 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 company it was in was pretty impressive um, company. Yeah, that's but it was already it was already great in itself to just see a superhero movie like Black Panther being nominated for Best Picture. Oh yeah, yeah, that, that was a buzz. For any any comic book, any geek, um, that was a buzz. Uh, so, you know, progress is being made on that front. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, hopefully, because at the end of the day, these are great stories being told, you know, it's just a, a genre. If the story told is good, then it should be given that recognition. That's all I'm saying. Agreed, agreed. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's let's move on to some comics then, Nick. Uh, just just questions like these questions. So, <laughs> wanting to know more about you with comics, and I always lead in with this first question of how did you get into comics? Like, what what made you go look for comics? Was it games? Was it TV? Was it someone giving you a comic? How did it all start? It's very strange because my should we say venture into comics was. Probably one of the oddest ones, uh, I think. In I mean, I don't know. I, I'd have to probably check out the, some of the other, mm-hmm. well, some of the other uh, guests have said. But funny enough, it all spur, it all came from Mortal Kombat. Ah, okay. Because really? yeah. I, as a kid growing up, I was mainly my geek. My geekdom was mainly video game related at the time when I was growing up, and I hadn't read any comics to speak of. But I'd actually gotten very heavily into the whole video game stuff, and I absolutely love, love, loved Mortal Kombat, and I still do to this day, and I cannot wait for the movie. I'm really yeah. excited and hyped about the movie. Um, and so what happened was I wanted to get my hands on everything Mortal Kombat related, mm-hmm. and I found out there were actually some Mortal Kombat comics. Oh. And so my mother, the saint that she is, went out to, to pretty much every other store that she could find and uh, news agent and what have you, and started, um, you know, getting me the Mortal Kombat comics. Okay, folks, they are really fun to read. They're probably not the best storytelling, <laughs> but bear in mind for a kid who was all about the uber violence and mm-hmm. just wanting to see all these great characters, you know, your Raidens, your Kanos, your uh, Shao Kahns and what have you on the printed page. That's, I think, what actually started my venture into comics because oh, wow. I did not... I, that, that's where I started of all places, and uh, yeah. and then just after that, uh, I just uh, I um, I discovered Venom. Venom was actually my gateway into, should we say, traditional comics. Oh, yeah, um, Eric because... Lars, Eric Larson, Todd McFarlane era. We're talking. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah, and and the fact was, unlike a lot of kids at the time, I hated Spider-Man. Um, oh, and, really? Uh, okay. Yes, I was, I was, I was with Eddie Brock all the way. <laughs> okay, and that's probably why what drew me to Venom because I actually had seen and heard these things that Venom wanted to kill Spider-Man. He mm. kind of was like that to me in the eyes of a kid. He was the cool version of Spider-Man. He was because, a very cool villain, I must say. Yeah, and you know, plus the costume, obviously, mm. with the sim- the symbiote concept of the, this black with the white spider logo on his chest and everything else. Yeah. And, and I think it also played into the fact that I loved Aliens as well, the Aliens franchise, because he is, of course, the symbiote, of course, is Alien. Oh, yeah, and, true, um, yeah. <laughs> and some of the artwork 
is reminiscent a little bit of the of the the xenomorphs, if you will. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I mean, I, no, obviously it's not you know that the Giga artwork of of the aliens, of the xenomorphs, but. Yeah. That's what drew me to to Venom because right. it's like oh you hate Spider Man I hate Spider Man too buddy let's go and kill Spider Man <laughs> why why this why this ha- why this hatred of Spider Man just just cu- curious like uh, was it yeah. just because he was I don't know just you couldn't couldn't relate to him in 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 a way or. I don't, unless I just was maybe at the time my rebellious nature mm-hmm. of yeah. uh, the fact of everybody loves this guy, stop loving this guy, it's getting irritating. <laughs> and um, and so finally I found a, a guy who I could relate to in the sense of somebody who hated him as much as I did. And um, and yeah, and I just really love the love the Venom stories. And now, I, in fact, I proudly own them all. And oh, nice. uh, and and once again, my mother with the with the patience that she had at the time of rushing to like 25 different uh, news agents to find the latest issue of venom at the time for me yeah. and that's where where the whole thing kind of grew because after that obviously i got into batman mm-hmm. and so my main after venom i went into batman and i started what reading things proper yeah because what happened was there was this one publishing company that started coming out with these collected editions of best batman stories okay from the from the the uh, from the Bob Kane era to the present day, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, this could be an interesting gateway to learn Batman proper and get all the real good meat of the story. Oh. So I started buying that. I, I set up a subscription with them, and so I'd get these books every other month. And from there, it just kind of grew and grew and grew. Obviously, also with the movies and what have you. And then I actually went back, and I'm a completist by nature, Ray. So yeah. what happened was. <laughs> I decided to go back to the origins of everything, and so I started reading the Marvel stuff from way back when, when, uh, when, uh, when Lee and Kirby started yeah. and Ditko Lovely. and stuff. And, and I worked my way up. Mm-hmm. Folks called me crazy, but I did it. And uh, yeah. and and I actually had seen a post on Facebook on uh, on some social media saying that. Um, Anybody who wants to go back and read 80 years of comics is nuts. And I said, wait till you get, wait till you get a load of me. And so I, I went off and did it, and it was such a satisfying journey. It, it's really, it is really good. I, I believe that there is a, a resurgence of interest in that sort of thing as well. Look, it may have always been there as well, but um, I, I'm a big fan of, uh, of collected uh, of co- complete collections and, and epic collections and stuff like that, and that has like your trade paperbacks and stuff. Yeah, well, there's a particular Marvel line um, called Epic Collections, and and they um, the the goal is to reprint everything from pretty much go to woe of a particular character. So Amazing Spider Man will go all the way back to his very first appearance, and it will actually um, I've got like nine volumes now. I think there are like I think there's like fourteen volumes at the moment. They haven't completed it yet. But they right. collect every single appearance I get, a significant appearance of of Spider Man in the in the titles. Similar with the Incredible Hulk, like Daredevil, all that sort of stuff. And oh it, yeah, the Marvel Masterworks was great in that too. That well, this is a cheaper version of it, and you get more bang for your buck because Masterworks are fantastic, but they they were a bit expensive for me. True. Um, <laughs> But they, these Being epic... comic book fans is an expensive It is hobby very things. expensive, yeah. But these epic collections, you get something from like uh, 15 to 20 issues in one hit um, for a reasonable mm. price. Um, so anyway, you're talking about like um, wanting to do all the origins um, and read back on, say, Batman and stuff. And this is perfect for it. And I think a lot of people, I, I'm doing it. I'm loving it. I'm actually doing a read-through of The Hulk. Um, from, from I'm a big Hulk fan. Um, from from Go to Woe, uh, so I'm reading currently 
uh, Tales, Tales of Suspense, I think was um, where Ooh. he was featured, you know, mostly. Uh, so yeah, yep. a, a lot of a lot of um, a lot of fun, but really really good to hear that you know, um, and also as well trade paperbacks, Nick. I think your experience has pretty much validated the existence of it. I mean, this is perfect. This is why I guess they do it. It's easy access. People who want to learn more, they just grab them, like you and the Batman collection, and then off you go. And then you build this kind of fandom and this enthusiasm, and it's fantastic. Uh, you know, I love it. Yeah, and also I think the fact, the beauty of it also is you get to experience history through comics yes, in the sense yes. that you you see how dialogue would change. Yep. Or maybe Marvel especially, and I have to hand them over DC in certain respects, is they also kept very much with what was going on at the time. Mm-hmm. As in, who was the president? What war was going on? What major issues were being tackled? DC latched onto this later on. Mm-hmm. Marvel was very much more uh, forward-thinking in that sense. And it's wonderful to say, oh, wow, so uh, so-and-so was a president at this moment, and they had the Cuban Missile Crisis going on during this particular period and stuff. Yeah. And it, it really, you really appreciate, because almost like a journey through time as in it's a reflection of what was going on even more so in the dialogue because you know you read like when when stan lee used to write stuff and then you go and see you know further down the line when you get people like joe casada you're like yeah the the dialogue did change quite a bit i mean you used to used to see like stuff like no cigar or you win a cupid doll or this guy's (laughs) like and i actually had to go and look up those references because you know, I might be old as dirt, folks, but I'm not as old as all that. So I actually had to go back and say, "What is this Cupid doll? What do they mean by this guy?" Kind of... And it was, it was, it was. It's, I love that evolution. That which mm. is the reason why I like watching. Um, why we do? Why I do? Um, the whole gold standard project of watching Oscar films from from the earliest ones because you see the evolution of a medium. Yeah, well, I'd definitely like to touch on that as well, Nick. So um, we'll get to that. Um, pretty soon, I, I just wanted to say, as well, no spoilers, but one of your desert, one of your Ilara books, um, very much the case for me. I mean, mm-hmm. You know, because um, I've I've reacquainted myself with, or acquainted myself with a lot of the early like Marvel stuff, the '60s. One of your comics goes even further back, and it is so amazing just to just to see to read, you know, how it was written, you know, the language. Um, it, it, it's quite it's quite fun indeed. Um, uh, just one of the other things, um, just with your comics, I always like to give a shout out. So you mentioned your mum got um, some comics for you when you're young. Um, how about today? Like, wh- where is your local LCS? Are you an online orderer, or, or do you do you go somewhere to convene? Here's here's the thing. When it comes to Italy, it's always very tough because obviously mm-hmm. I refuse I refuse to read comics in Italian. Mm. As in, I mean, look, it's the translation, so I suppose it's not like they're being dubbed. That's why I'm very much against dubbed movies, okay. even though we have, we do have the best dubbers in the world, folks. That is a known fact that Italians, yeah. that Italy has the best dubbers in the world. But to the point to where the, the the actual actors want to meet the dubbers because they're so impressed. I'm not saying that oh, wow. to blow Italy's horn, but that's how it is. <laughs> the, but but that said, I I want to read the actual dialogue. Uh, as it was intended yeah, sure so what so my my one-stop shop is uh, comiXology these days okay because of the fa- because of the fact that uh, i just wouldn't have the space to have the physical comics as much as it saddens me to say that i mean i i do have 
the 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 stories that were kind of near and dear to my heart i have in the hardback versions mm-hmm. because they just i just have to but these days now that i'm you know reading comics and stuff i have my various subscriptions to the various uh, books and stuff mm-hmm. through comicsology and through the dc app and the marvel app okay. so so yeah, yeah i can just happily wait for them to drop and just Click download and read oh. them, you know, just where I'm at. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, Comixology, um, those apps as well are fantastic. I mean, again, they just give you such easy access to all those. Um, and, and their library is ever-growing as well. I mean, there's still some stuff that I, I can't find on there, but that's okay. I mean, it'll get there soon enough. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, that's fantastic. No, that, that's great. Um, do you actually go to the store yourself, Ray, or do you? are you also more in the digital realm? Um, I'm a bit of both, but, yeah, I still go I still go to um, an LCS, uh, King's Comics, the greatest comic book shop in the universe. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> uh, just located in Sydney. Uh, really a bunch of great, great um, people over there. Uh, it's always good to have a good a, a chat with them. Uh, there's one guy, big shout-out there to Scotty, uh, always end up spending a lot more time there than I think I would because uh, I end up having just a good chat with him um, and learning about other stuff. Learning about their trade as well. I'm just interested behind the scenes, I mean, as well. Just to, uh, so you're curious. like, I'm going to be fight. You're like, you're like saying to you, that, like your your partner and etc. I'm going to be in the, like five minutes and I'll be right out. <laughs> exactly. And you just end up spending an hour know, just talking yes. comics with the chap. Yeah, exactly. that's how it goes. Exactly. Yeah, so it's good. It's good in that sense. Uh, it's a good environment. Uh, but yeah, uh, the space is, is an issue, Nick. I mean, that that is... It's just the bold reality of it. Um, so I have curtailed a lot of my my single issues collecting because it's just you know. So I, I get singles like digitals for that, um, or I, I do have like Marvel Unlimited. So I just wait. Um, and and the things that I really do love, then I do immortalize in trade paperback or hard or hardcover, you know, and put that on the shelf because it's something that I know I will reread over and over. Um, yeah. So, yeah. It's, that, it's like the uh, Sandman stuff. I own the yep. Sandman kind of limited edition, or whatever, mm-hmm. because it's just so beautiful. And some things need to be kind of the joy of flipping the pages and stuff. Yeah. Obviously, it's it's that. But yes, unless you own like some cavernous mansion, like yeah. we're in right now, <laughs> exactly. You know, you would one wouldn't one wouldn't be able to. I think after a while, you know, space is finite. Uh, it was finite, at least yeah. in this, in this, in this, in, you know, when it comes to that. Whereas, you know, online it's infinite. So it's, it's great. there is that. Yeah, true, true, true. Um, and, and so you mentioned stuff like uh, Venom. You mentioned Aliens, and then I've also got here because I know you're a big fan of Spawn. So I'm starting to see the the trend, the symbiotic. You're kind seeing of a pattern. Thing. Aren't yeah, you? yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but yeah, so you're a big, obviously, a big fan of Spawn. Um, and uh, is it to do with it being on a bit more on the on the, the dark side? I believe so, and yeah. I think I've you know what I love revenge stories, mm. and um, that no surprise one of my favorite directors of all time is Quentin Tarantino. Ah, yes, which who is all about revenge. I mean, his one of his main um, themes throughout his movies is vengeance and revenge stories, mm-hmm. and. And obviously, that, that's what Spawn is at the end of the day. Spawn is one big revenge story with, of course, some very dark overtones at the same time. And what I thought, I, what I thought was that when, uh, when um, Todd McFarlane created this character, this is so revolutionary because, one, you actually have a, a, uh, an African-American as your main focus, mm-hmm. if you will. Granted, you'd had previous African-American uh, characters like Black Panther or sure. even when it came to uh, John Stewart as a Green Lantern in mm-hmm. DC and what have you. But 
I love that concept, and not to mention the fact of he's a hero, but he's an anti-hero. Is mm -hmm. he a villain? I put him in the same category as Venom because Spawn, mm -hmm. I think, wants to do right, but at the same time, his methods are can be debatable. Granted, he does bad things to bad people, but yeah. it is debatable. It's kind of like Dexter. There's folks who love Dexter, and I love the TV show Dexter, but you're like you're rooting for a serial killer. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what it is at the end of the day. You yeah. know, you have to kind of check yourself sometimes. That's what the reason why I love. I think Spawn, and I think Dexter is a good a good uh, comparison with Spawn in that sense because you're literally rooting for a guy who goes against the law and is murdering people. Yeah, he's murdering murdering bad people. Yeah. But he's murdering people. It's well, like it's the Punisher. Punisher exactly. Thing. I was about to say, it's exactly, exactly like the Punisher in that sense. People get behind him because he's doing, like, you know, he's putting away bad people, but you've got to question his, you know, his methods. His moral compass. His moral, oh, definitely Punisher's moral compass is, I don't know where it is. <laughs> it's, it's gone. But it's really, it's so funny, like, um, with Spawn, you reminded me, I was listening to your show, The Fandom Zone. I think it was The Fandom Zone. I can't remember, but... You were likening. Uh, I think you were doing. You, know, you were doing a, a thing on One Division. Oh yes, when I likened the Violator to to, to, to Agatha Harkness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I don't know. I mean, it's such a little thing, but I just love the darkness, darkness of Spawn. And like when you're putting a word like the Violator uh, in amongst like the One Division TV show, um, <laughs> I'm just thinking. I just had to laugh at myself, going like. Oh man, yeah, the violator. I mean, it's such a strong word. Um, not to say that it has any association with One Division, but it being a Disney Plus show, that sort of thing. But you've got this, yeah, Agatha. She's very much like the violator, don't you think? And I think Charlie yeah. and Justin are like, yeah, yeah, okay, <laughs> interesting. Because of the I fact of it's kind of like the dark version of because uh, I also also wanted to throw in the the comparison of Virgil and Dante in Dante's Inferno, ah. but. To me, <clears throat> she is more like a, almost a dark version of Virgil, i.e. the Violator, because, of course, we know that the Violator has nefarious purposes when it comes to Spawn. I, you know, obviously, he's trying to recruit him into... or he, He's telling Spawn that he is going to lead Satan's army, literally, or and, and what have you, or the Devil's army. But he is showing him the ropes, if you will. So that's yeah. why... Uh, I threw out the craziest examples there, I believe it was It's a Wonderful Life because it was kind of like yes, Clarence right. and, um, <laughs> and George right. Bailey yeah. and uh, and also the Violator and Spawn because obviously she is evil, but she's showing her the ropes because at the end of the day, what she shows the Wanda is ultimately her downfall in the yeah. TV show. Yes, it is. But, yeah. but that's, uh, that's why for some reason it made me think of that crazy clown that is the Violator. The yeah. movie was terrible. You know, I, I'm, I'm oh, so sorry for was, John. Lig oh my god! I'm so sorry for John Leguizamo, who's a fantastic actor, but um, uh, he, that, was that was not his finest hour. No, but he was. I found him the most enjoyable out of um, out of the movie from from memory. Just in, in that little the the blue face, uh, you know, version yeah, the, of the violator. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. he played the evil cl when he when he was clown. Yeah, clown. When, when he was clown. Clown, clown mode. Um, but yeah, yeah I'm just going to throw it out there, Nick. Uh, the Crow. Do you like The Crow? I, I'd imagine you. Oh, I love The Crow. Yeah, yes. Once okay. again, yeah. Major Vengeance. Major yes. Revenge. Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking that that would be right up your alley then. Um, it's a yes. really, a really good character. I love it. Um, James O'Barr, I, I, I think. Is that his 
the yes, yeah. exactly. I and I actually even played the video game of I think it was actually City of Angels, I believe it was, there and was it a wasn't video the, game. the okay. There was a video game, yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, I've got to go. I'm going to go take out bad guys of revenge, whatever. Yes, let's do it. Um, <laughs> so, so yes, I, I mean, I love the Crow as well, and I love the Crow comics just as much because okay. it's uh, because of the whole fact that is a. Uh, I'm all about vengeance. I don't know. I just well, I, I I guess it's I guess it's about justice. You know, I'm yeah. very much a big fan about of people getting their just desserts. And, yeah. and if you will, and uh, people being seeing rights being wronged, granted, uh, should we say violence and murder is never the answer, <laughs> yeah. but, yeah. but, you know, you do, you do, it does give you some kind of pleasure to see these horrible people <laughs> oh, meeting, does, me, yeah. well, me, yeah. meeting these grisly ends. Well, that, that is true. That is true. I've got uh, the visual of, um, that guy in the crow at the end, the guy with the very deep voice. He, he met a very gruesome ending. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is quite apt that you were, we're talking um, of these topics as well, Nick, because uh, I want to then, you know, I'm bound, Conchie has bound me by legal or, or spiritual rights to <laughs> to mention at least Moon Knight. I mean, um, so uh, your, what is your, what is your, um, I guess, association with Moon Knight? Are you a big fan? I mean, he does tick all the boxes. He He's very violent. He's vengeful. He's a fist of... Um, Fist of Conchu is the avatar of vengeance. Uh, he, it, it is a revenge story as well. He got killed by uh, or killed by Bushman, got resurrected as well. What, what is your collect, uh, connection? Are you are you a fan or do you just know him kind of incidentally from from other titles? I do enjoy some Moonlight comics here mm-hmm. and there. I mean, I, I actually am a big fan of the Vengeance of the Moonlight story. Oh yeah, lovely. Shock and awe is a big is a is a big one for me. Ah, um, lovely. Once again, playing into you know the the whole revenge thing, of course, and um, you know one, Shock and Awe is one of my favorite Moonlight stories, along with. Is, is um, that sorry? Is that the the um the sick person in hospital and the the lady? Yeah, the 2009. Um, yeah, oh, that uh, run. But, yeah, but that particular the limited story. series. Yeah. Yeah, but that was that the one with Deadpool in there. That, that I know. I don't. I, Farrakhan. I don't know if Deadpool. I don't believe Deadpool was in that one. Oh, he was um, in, he's in Avengers. I mean, oh, let me just grab it off the shelf here. But you're shocking all. I'm just trying to remember because that was a particular arc. Um, I really, really enjoyed that one. Yeah. Right. Right. It is a good run. I do love it. It, it is quite underrated as well. Great art in it. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. So, so you do um, familiar with uh, some modern Moon Knight, at least, yeah. And and also, Birth and Death was a big one for me as well, oh, from 2015, okay. which came out. You know, came out in 2015. Right, 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 right. Yes. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice. Um, and yeah. I even went further back to the 1980s, and I really enjoyed also the Moon Kings, which was obviously only two issues, oh. but I do I did like the Moon Kings. The too. hallucinogenic kind of... Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no smoking turns into Moon Kings, I think, um, when Moon Knight yes. looks, looks at the sign on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. That's that's very cool. Um, well, I mean, he certainly... he he is coming out with a... Well, not him. Disney Plus are coming out with a show, so um, that will... I mean, I'm sure will be on your radar to to review and discuss on the likes of the Fandom Zone. Um, but mm-hmm. moving to 
your podcasting. So we know that you like your comics. We know that you you like the Vengeance. You like you like the um, Venom, Spawn, Aliens, that sort of stuff. Moving to another side, another kind of a feather in your cap is is podcasting, which I mentioned at the top of the show. So we have uh, Happiness and Darkness, which is a superhero movie podcast, which is great. I've been on there a few times. I love it. Um, it's a very good, very strong concept. Um, I want to jump to Gold Standard because you mentioned that you liked mm-hmm. these older, you like going through basically the origin. So you're going through basically from from the very first Oscar awarded to correct, to yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And how's that? How's that tracking at the moment? Why, why not just um, uh, let the listeners know a little bit about it, your co-hosts and such? Well, I, 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 it all spawned from the fact of one day I just decided to watch the very first Oscar movie to ever win the Best Picture Award, which is Wings from 1927. Wow. It's a um, silent movie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I thought to myself, you know, I just want to see what cinema was like back then. And I was watching it. And I thought to myself, wouldn't it be cool to start up a discussion with folks about movies? Or, or rather, should we say, first off, I thought to myself... I would like to do a marathon of going through all the best picture winners, uh, you know, from the from the very beginning and just go through them. And I thought to myself, wouldn't it be cool to actually discuss this stuff with folks? And so um, I there, there were these two lovely ladies that I had actually podcasted with in the past, Zan Sprouse and Rachel Friend, mm-hmm. and. Um, I just put the concept to them and I said, how would you feel about uh, the fact of going through the best picture winners chronologically rather than, say, just pick them at random and just sort of go through this journey? And they were more than happy to jump on board. And so now we have uh, we're on our 19th episode. We've done 19 of these so far. Wow. And it's, it's been a fantastic journey. I mean, I just just as we talk about the evolution of comics. Mm-hmm. The evolution of film is just as fascinating because yeah. you once again see what was relevant, uh, should we say, what society was like in that particular time period, what was important to folks, the role even, for example, because bear in mind, you know, I, obviously I have two uh, female uh, co-hosts, mm-hmm. the, the role of women in film and even in society, which is a very interesting <sighs> concept, yes. and how that has evolved over time. Thankfully, yes. Um, Sorry, Nick. But, what, uh, um, what do you call? Yeah. Do, you, do you remember what do you call that test? It starts with a B, um, which is uh, isn't that a Hollywood industry standard now? It's a something test, and if your film or your TV show has two female characters in it talking about Ooh. something that's not related to some boyfriend or husband. Um, oh, I can't. I, you know what? You, you know, you know what I'm talking right about. Now. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. But I, the name escapes me right now. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 just, and that's just what we're doing. You know, mm-hmm. we're now, I said, we're now 90, and I just love, you know, seeing this. And plus, I have to be honest, I was not as familiar with certain actors that are considered to be part of the golden age. You know, think of your Clark Gables, yeah. your Greta Garbo's, your, your Ingrid Bergman's, etc. And I had not taken the time to really get to know these folks, and now okay. that I have, I love seeing that. And, uh, you know, as I said, we've, we've done 19 episodes so far. We've just, we just wrapped up uh, doing the best years of our lives from 1946. Wow, in the 40s. This week. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we're, we're in the 40s. And, in fact, there are folks who are like, I'd love to discuss, you know, Dances with Wolves. Mm. I'd love to discuss, uh, you know, um, Return of the King or what have you. And I'm like, guys, it's going to take a couple Good of years. You know, yeah, gonna... wow. That's a huge well, undertaking. Cal- I... Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I've calculated that we should roughly get to where we are now in about another two years. So oh, that's basically, okay. that's doable. In twenty, yeah, in twenty twenty three, we should be roughly around Parasite and thereabouts. So we should be on, should we say, um, on the level with with what's going on in Hollywood now. But yeah, the the the, the girls are wonderful. Um, Rachel and Zan are fantastic co-hosts, and uh, I just love discussing it. And not to mention, yeah. it's just a great. Yeah. You know what? You feel feel more cultured yes. after you well, watch the movie. Like, what the, it's like the, yeah, I've I get... watched Highbrow. I feel more educated <laughs> now. Well, the word enriching comes to mind for me when you're talking about what you're, you know, what you've undertaken. It just sounds like it's enriching um, mm-hmm. because you're you're open. You know, you've opened yourself up to stuff that you're not familiar with. You know, and and mm-hmm. you don't don't necessarily in not a bad way. You know, have any in, like any interest in like you? You know, the, the the movies that you that you choose are bound by the fact that they won the Oscars. So they may not be movies that you have had any interest to watch, but you go watch it. So it's a very enriching an enriching experience, I think, um, for you. And that's um that's a really cool. I don't want to call it an experiment, just a, a premise. It's really cool um to go through it. And the fact that you are meticulously going through those years uh, is is fantastic. It would be interesting to see. Um, I guess once you do, once you reach 2023, to you, you go back to to Wings and you see like, okay, well, how do I feel about that? Like now, it might yeah. be even more. More, you might even have a, a greater feeling for it, a greater appreciation. Correct. For it, um, yeah, because our idea is actually yeah. once we get to there, of kind of we'll do almost doing an episode of what have what what have we learned about Hollywood? Yeah. Throughout through this you know extensive journey yeah. you know so it definitely teaches you and also i think you learn to watch movies with a different eye as well yeah oh no for sure absolutely um and also oh hang on samuels hello yes you took your sweet time samuels uh nikki has been drinking some whiskey i have been drinking my you know my wine my vanilla milkshake um looking for pretzels where were you okay yeah, they, here they are, Nick. Sorry, sorry about the tardiness. No, no problem. Samuels no is having problem. an off Samuels. day. <laughs> yes, no worries. Um, twenty percent off his pay this week. Okay. Ah, uh, <laughs> that would explain. <laughs> no, no, he's getting twenty percent off. You're getting a cut. A cut, Samuels. <laughs> ah, okay. Yes. Right, no, no, it's off he goes. What happened to Jarvis? The Jarvis decided to quit early, I suppose. <laughs> no, Jarvis is busy. You know, with the Avengers, we've got Samuels. He's a very much is a, a very very loyal to to Mark. So, um, unfortunately, sometimes he he wanders. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, gold standard. Um, I want to just track back to happiness in darkness as well, Nick. Um, mm-hmm. I'd really love for you to let the listeners know about it. I highly regard, highly recommend it. Um, it's um, as what it says on the ten uh, superhero movie podcast. But yeah, how did this come about as well, Nick? Um, and 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 kind of where are you at with it at the moment? This was, you know, actually my first foray into podcasts because I, up until this point, I had been just a guest on other podcasts. And I thought to myself, I'm really enjoying this whole podcast. I might as well, you know, do my own. And uh, so I basically started up Happiness in Darkness. And um, just the fact of wanting to, I suppose, revisit all these superhero movies with, uh, you know, different co-hosts. Because obviously... Mm -hmm. Folks would probably be bored to tears hearing just me ramble on for about an hour and a half of just myself talking about these movies. So I thought to myself, it'd be nice to have different co-hosts every other, every time. And, you know, and just have them either pick a film or what have you. And now I 
I've gone to the point where I, I have this kind of wheel of fortune where unless mm. folks come to me saying, I want to talk this film, I will spin the wheel and say, okay, next week you've got this. And then I might approach certain folks and seeing if they're interested in doing it. And uh, no, I just, I'm, you know, we're, we've covered quite a bit of ground here. We're on, mm. I believe, 77 episodes. And, um, Fantastic. You know, it's and and I think it's a it's a genre that's not going to be going away anytime soon. No. So there'll definitely be tons of ground to cover. Yeah, and and it's evergreen as well. I mean, you can jump yeah. into any episode, listeners, uh, that you want. You can pick a movie that you want, and it's not like it's bound by current affairs or anything like that. Because you're, mm-hmm. you're looking at past movies, so I, I find that a very great um, advantage of of doing that. Um, well, thank you for saying that, Ray. And I also wanted to add, it's always a joy to have you on. I always uh, very much look forward to whenever you get to be a guest on. In fact, I, I hate to sometimes have, I almost feel guilty when I message you saying, do you want to come on? Because I'm like, <laughs> the man has other things to do. He's got other podcasts. He's got a life, you know. So no, I'm like, <laughs> but you know what? It, it, it's another it's another medium. Like, you know, that, that's a big uh, appeal to me as well. Uh, apart from obviously, yeah, chatting with you, Nick, as well. It, it's fantastic. But um, to chat about films, you know, it's a different sort of thing from comic books and uh and it's, of course it's related to comic books so uh no always always happy to to jump on as well um and you've recently expanded the um i guess the the scope of what happiness in darkness can can cover mm-hmm. yeah so yes because uh the, the joy of the the thing is i suppose I thought to myself, there are tons of movies that have been inspired by comics which are not necessarily superhero bound. Mm-hmm. You think of things like 300 or you think things like Road to Perdition or you think of uh, those kind of films. Or not to mention movies that inspired comics, i.e. Aliens or Predator or Terminator mm-hmm. or uh, even, you know, or heck, right now on Netflix there's a wonderful TV show called Snowpiercer, which is inspired by a comic. Mm. And... Um, or even the film I Kill Giants, which I strongly recommend oh, yeah, folks like check this. out. <laughs> yeah. It's an amazing, amazing show, uh, film. Very hot. Okay, if you watch, uh, <coughs> excuse me, if you watch I Kill Giants, be sure to have a box of tissues re- at the ready, folks, because mm-hmm. it does get very kind of heartbreaking, very moving. Oh. So I thought to myself, how to give folks an echelon or a way to discuss these films? And so uh, yeah, on uh, on our Patreon uh, page. Folks can, um, or pa- either our, our patrons can have us discuss these other movies. And plus, I'm dying to discuss Aliens, folks. Please <laughs> let me discuss Aliens. Well, can I just say then, listeners, the all the details for Happiness and Darkness and for all of Nick's other podcasts like Gold Standard, Fandom Zone, Titan Talk, it's going to be all in the show notes. Um, go check out. Go check out the Patreon page. It's really cool. See the incentives. Um, you can... You know, have a say as to what Nick will will review, or you can indeed go uh, go on the show as well and chat with Nick. Um, and uh, yeah, Aliens. I mean, I, I'd put you know, I'd want to hear that as well. Aliens is a fantastic franchise. Um, uh, yeah, certainly, certainly do love it. Um, we might have to twist your arm and get you on one of those. Oh, right? I will. I'll t- <laughs> any, any one of any. Well, actually, I was about to say any one of them. The first three would be good. <laughs> any mm-hmm. of the three. All right. Yeah, I will keep that in mind. <laughs> um, also, as well, I really wanted to ask because I just wanted to talk about this mar- marrying of these two. I guess interests that you have, Nick, as well. So you are, at, you know, mentioned with Gold Standard. Um, your love for Quentin Tarantino, you are an avid film watcher, film goer, um, and also you, you do love your comic books as well. How do you how do you find 
this relationship between the cinematic universe and the comic book realm. I mean, there's there is a difference between the two, yet they it's almost like a symbiotic relationship, Nick. There you go. Well, um, the, these days it certainly is. Yeah, yeah. Do are you are you happy as it is now, or would you like to see more of a um, more of a I don't know adaptation of the comic books, or, or how do you view them? Well, what I'm really happy is having, you know, obviously the experience now, having done Happiness and Darkness and, you know, pretty much kind of time jumping through various from films, you know, from going like to the most recent ones, to like films that were made in the 80s or in the 90s or what have you. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful to see how this genre has evolved and how the quality has evolved and the stories being told. And I mean, I'm super happy. I could not be happier. And in fact, I think... Anybody who, you know, it's a, it's a blessing and a joy to be alive in this era. Yes. Sure. To be able to witness what cinema is giving us. I mean, in fact, I super envy my niece, who is uh, soon to be born. I'm soon going to be an uncle for the first time. Oh, nice. Congrats. And, uh, and, and, and thank you. And I definitely, um, I, I've already warned my sister. I said, when she comes to spend time with her uncle, her <laughs> uncle is going to be inducting her into into the geek world and be sure that she actually enjoys some geekdom in her life and so um i envy my you know my niece when it comes to that because obviously you know she's going to be able to witness you know things Mm. even more so before you know after i'm gone too so it's going to be going to be great but i i'm really happy with that i mean you go and look at things like you know the your 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 donna supermans which are still just as great today Mm -hmm. but how things have evolved from there and i think it's beautiful that and i'm hoping that the Scorseses of the world get off their high horses mm. and realize that this is now a genre to be reckoned with. So, so you think? So you think it's not going to go away? Do you think it will? The bubble will burst, as a lot of people say, or do you think it will persevere? I think you know what. As long as they keep, I think their storytelling fresh. Yep. I don't think it's going to go away. I mean, look. I hope not. Yeah. Disney. Disney has proven that they can do an entire story arc, and they've done. They've done this. For what, uh, 13 years, 12 years, 13 mm-hmm. years? Yep. Since Iron Man came out in 2008? 2008, yeah. So it shows you it's not, shall we say, a fad. It's mm. here to stay. And I think, um, and, and, and look at how many people have gotten on board who have never read a comic in their lives. Mm-hmm. Let alone so the actors th- as well, you know? Exactly. It gives certain actors either a lease on life or allow them mm-hmm. to get discovered. I mean, think of Robert Downey Jr. Yep. He had hit rock bottom before he even was he became iron man iron yep. man was his second coming if you will mm. or should we say second um career because after that he was pretty much a washed up actor he was done there was oh, nothing okay. out, out really out, really, really for him to do i mean he was just like tony he was suffering from alcoholism yeah he was just not getting any more gigs and now he's back and so it also provided things folks but i think the storytelling has become so much more evolved and so much more polished Case in, in point, even look at what they, they're doing with WandaVision. Yeah. WandaVision is a clear example that they're becoming more sophisticated in their storytelling as well. Or you think of the Nolan films, the Dark Knight films. Mm-hmm. They are Granted, they are superhero related, but they are very much ingrained in reality. And so I think you can go so many ways. With, or look at the Watchmen TV show. 
how mm. powerful that was and yeah. and no, and I'm so happy to see it took away so many awards because it's deserved every single one of them mm-hmm. so I think I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon and I'm think and I'm looking forward to seeing these new creators coming in and what they will bring to it you know you see folks like your Patty Jenkins is yep. or your Taika Waititi's or these folks they bring so much to it, and I think I, I definitely think it's a genre that's here to stay. Mm. I mean, also as well, it's a it's a a, um, a nurturing ground for like. Can you imagine? We we can't even conceive there might be actors later on, like younger actors that will come up and be the next big thing. You, you know, um, I, I think because I'm looking, I'm thinking of. I mean, Tom Holland. He he's probably the youngest out of the MCU at the moment and he he's yeah. cracked it big hasn't he I mean uh, he was really I mean he was he was doing some movies here and there but Spider-Man really has made him I mean you can't deny that um, it put him on the map it put sure. him on the map and he and he's great you know as well so can you imagine that the the actors that we'll discover like down the track if we continue telling these stories um, similar to as you're saying the creators and directors um, what they can bring and what you know um so yeah, I think it's great. I mean, because I was just there's that whole argument of it being like the westerns, right? And the westerns have kind of died out because that was that boomed for a long time, um, but then it kind of went. Uh, superhero movies have kind of, I guess, always been, always kind of ish been here. Like you're talking about the Donner films and the the Burton films of uh, Batman, um, but certainly now, as you say, we are living in a purple patch where we're getting. God, how many how many movies a year plus TV shows? Um, they really are increasing the volume that they are. I mean, so I'm just wondering, will they be able to maintain that, or that they, they might plateau a little and may, maybe get a steady a steady stream of movies? I don't know. But you make a great point, obviously, of the fact of you know the westerns though was tend maybe to be more of a secluded genre, if you will, because mm. superheroes have always been around in some form or shape. Yeah. But, you know, because either you had the big blockbuster movies or heck, you go and look at the, t- the TV serials. You think of the George Reeves era mm, when yep. with Superman, <laughs> which was huge. There's I think superheroes are not going to be going away anytime soon. And they'll always be around in some form or shape. Maybe they might not have as big a place in the sun as things progress. Maybe that, that might diminish a little bit. Yeah. But I think one thing I think is I think we can almost put our money on is the fact that superheroes will always be here you know, in whatever form or shape. Yep. I mean, the superhero movie genre may get less attention as things progress. I'm hoping the day that a superhero movie wins the Oscar for Best Picture mm-hmm. is going to be a big, big day. One for me. And day. I think also... And I think, or not to mention, I think everybody who's followed all this stuff, I think would yeah. be definitely, you know, kind of a recognition of how far the genre has come in that sense and i really hope that someday soon that will happen yeah i mean and and whether you like them or not you know the big company that they are disney plus i think it's good that marvel are under you know under their umbrella so to speak because because they will continue to to bring out them i mean you look at the disney films i mean they're still going I don't know yep. how how popular they are. You know, they might be very popular, but um, they're they're still going out regardless of the, the the fads and the trends of the era and the decade. They still come out. Uh, similar, they picked up Star Wars. That's that's going to continue. It seems quite strong. Mm-hmm. Although there are a lot of um, uh, 
you know a lot of uh, there's a lot of uproar with a lot of the more recent stuff uh, that's going to persevere as well so yeah let, let's hope that the comic books um, comic book movies and the TV shows continue because yeah I'm certainly loving it I'm certain I'm, I'm hoping to, to introduce Finn into the, uh, you know at least some aspect of it <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably much to Eve's chagrin but uh, there you go um, I'll just uh, I, I can only present it to him that's all um, yes Finally, Nick, I guess before we head off, I think we're going to head off uh, to another location to start talking about your books. I just wanted to get a final kind of word in about your, you know, this skill set of yours. Uh, we talked about your, your, the comic books you're, you're following, uh, getting into podcasting. So actually broadcasting, uh, Nick. Um, right. So you are a radio DJ for, um, you know, a country and Western music show. Uh, you've done mm-hmm. voiceovers that I know. You know, you've got podcasts happening. Um, how did you? How did you get into this kind of field? There's the thing. I actually started, as I mentioned, I was a, I, I mm. was came out of college with a journalist uh, a degree in journalism, yeah. and uh, from there, I actually started uh, working with a webzine for uh, hard rock and heavy metal Mm. and what i basically did was i would do conduct interviews with various artists and review albums and what have you and so my first gateway into that was actually um uh, was metal from milan was my very first radio show that i ever did and it was kind of an amateur kind of basis and what happened was i actually came across this uh woman in texas who sadly is no longer with us but um she kind of gave me my first gig because I actually contacted her saying, no, oh, I've got this, uh, I want to be, I'd love to try my hand at DJing. Yeah. And, um, you know, would you uh, let me, would you give me a chance and let me see what I can do on your, on your network? And this was an online radio station at the time. And she said, yeah, sure, you know, what do you want to do? I said, oh, I'm going to be doing rock and metal. And she's like, okay, go ahead. And, uh, you know, we don't have anything going that way. And I'm like, okay. And so basically I started with... Um, with uh, with metal from Milan, and I really enjoyed it. Enjoyed doing it. Not to mention, it was also my excuse for actually saying, "Okay, I've interviewed artists and I've reviewed albums, but how can I really share my passion mm. about music with folks?" The natural step would be to be a DJ, which yeah. is what, which is that's the reason why I did it. And then after that, uh, you know, so I was doing metal from Milan for a while, and then um, a lady came into my life, and mm. she was actually from Virginia. And uh, so and that was actually the first time I ever went to the States. So okay. my first time out, because we kind of started this online relationship, was the time when online relationships were cool, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so I flew over to Virginia and I met her and stuff. And nice. she, you know, obviously Virginia being in the southern, in the southern part of the States, mm-hmm. they're very big on country over there. And she said to me, have you listened to country music? I'm like, well, I know Johnny Cash and Dolly Parton some. And she's like, oh, but well, have you ever heard of Tim McGraw? Have you ever heard of Faith Hill? Have you ever? Mm-hmm. I'm like, nope, don't know who those guys are. <laughs> like, okay. And so basically she schooled me in country. Okay. And uh, when I got home, I thought to myself, wow, I want to start a country music radio show. <laughs> and that's where Whiskey and Cigarettes came along. Nice. And uh, and so I just started that and... Uh, it just it just grew progressively to the point to where I I'd actually I had a day job at the time and I got laid off because of the fact of uh, they basically closed our entire department and uh, so I thought to myself you know when they say when a window when a door is closed a window is opened mm-hmm. and um, I said to myself okay I guess this might be the universe saying to me 
that uh, DJing is my job oh, and nice. DJing is my life. So I started that, got to, met up a wonderful manager in Michael Stover, who's been managing me now for over six years. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and we've just gone from strength to strength. And it's uh, it still blows me away these de- this uh, to this day, Ray, when I say to myself, when I tell folks, my i'm a radio dj by profession it still blows me away but that's what i do (laughs) (laughs) that's that's fantastic i mean i'm just i I just want to take it even further back as well to that point did you have any reservations then about like you you know when you when you're talking about um interviewing musicians and stuff like that do you have any reservations about speaking like on Mm -hmm. it i mean those were those were recorded interviews i'm imagining but there's a big leap between that and being a dj like sitting behind a mic and you know having a live air kind of feel to it and off you go did you yeah did you ever think oh gosh this is this is a bit of a leap or did you have some background in that well here's the thing i i will admit the very first time i actually went live i was nervous as all get out <laughs> i mean you know you probably wouldn't be human if you weren't yeah yeah and um but uh, no, I just kind of got over it because I thought to myself, you know, look, nobody can see you. You can mm. probably fidget and do whatever you're doing and, and, uh, and just do it. Yeah. And I think cutting my teeth on doing net radio with Metal from Milan really helped me because they, of the fact that... Yeah. Sorry. Yeah? Oh, did, did, they, did they... Sorry. Sorry for interrupting you there. Did they no, no. train you in any way? Like, did you have to kind no. of... No. No? Okay. Yeah. No, because it was very much all of us, almost a free-for-all in the sense that it's like, you know, you want to be a DJ, come on. That's that. I mean, yeah. it was very sort of, I'm not saying amateur hour, but it was very much the fact of, you know, an online radio station with no particular pretenses of, you know, wanting mm-hmm. to do whatever. Okay. Um, and this lady in the Diane Landry, who was the lady that I said gave me my first job yeah. in inverted commas, she was very much about, you know, let's see what these young kids can do, you know, and, uh, yeah. you know, I'm sure that if I'd really sucked, she probably would have kicked me out, but... Um, <laughs> But the thing was, you know, she was very much about taking, you know, in inverted commas, you know, young folks like myself under her wing and mm-hmm. saying, you know, you want to give you a shot at DJ and go ahead and see what happens. And yeah. and I, I just, you know what, you learn as you go. It's like podcasts. You know, yeah. you think there are a lot of folks who are very kind of nervous about being on podcasts. And you think to yourself, it's just a matter of, you know, you're talking about what you love. Yes, exactly. And uh, and, you're, and, the, as, and you're, you're the harshest critic for yourself as well. So there's a lot of stuff that you're right. going, oh, gosh, I sound like this. People don't pick that up, you, you know. It's probably something that you pick up yourself about yourself. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And, 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 you know, and I think as long as the passion and enthusiasm is there and, you can, mm. and your listeners out there can tell that you have prepared... Mm-hmm. They'll be behind you every step of the way because yeah. I think there are, you know, I've, I've actually heard other colleagues of mine whom I, I might, might not particularly care for, who maybe sound a little bit unprofessional, but folks love them because yeah. they're yeah. all about, you know, just being themselves. And I think that's what it's all about. I think if you're yourself and you don't seem like you're too kind of stuff shirted or mm. what have you, people will go for it. And, uh, and it didn't really sort of bother me at the time because I was just like, you know, I'm just basically talking to myself because, <laughs> you know, when you're because nobody can see you, you're behind the mic, yeah, and you're playing music, but nobody can actually see you. So it may be a bit seem a bit weird that you're literally talking to yourself while playing while playing music, but you know, other than that, uh, that's quite. I, I think it's very very much you just kind of you know you learn as you go, really. Yeah, it's quite fun actually. Sometimes I mean, you know, I, I've done a few solo shows. Uh, when you know, last minute 
cancellations and stuff for, for mm-hmm. Carlos, and it's it's quite fun. You can be a bit crazy <laughs> in it. I, <laughs> I end up just being that because you, you, you're literally, as you say, talking to yourself. So why not? You know, just a bit of a stream of consciousness, that sort of thing. Um, Correct. Yeah, but is there any advice that you can give maybe budding listeners who may want to pick up the mic, may want to start a podcast, or may want to um, be a radio DJ? Well, when it comes to DJing, I would say, folks, if you have something, if you're passionate about it and really want to, to, to try your hand at it, go, go, go for it. For sure. I mean, you know, just like I did, you can there's so many online radio stations these days mm. who are always looking for new and upcoming folks. And I would suggest, you know, the best way is to do that. I mean, if you obviously have the chance to intern at a brick, bricks and mortar station, mm-hmm. even better, because they obviously get to learn the ropes from the pros. If not, um, definitely, you know, search out some some online radio stations because there are tons and tons of them. And a lot of them, you know, obviously, granted, okay, when you're doing that, it's not a paying job. You obviously have to bear in mind it will start off as a hobby. Mm-hmm. But then if you know you're able to get some experience, then maybe you can try out at a local radio station. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I think that's, that's probably the best way to go when it comes to podcasting, even more so. Uh, that now there are so many, now these yes. days, it's it's... The hurdles have been pretty much flattened when it comes to how do I record, what do I do, and all this kind of thing. There's so many wonderful um, platforms online that allow you to, um, should we say, host your show, or should we say um, where you can upload your show. Mm -hmm. And I would just say, if you have something, you feel you have something you want to say, and there's something you want to share with the world, and it makes you happy, go for it, because... Don't deny your pleasure and your happiness because this world is already in you know messed up and screwed up enough as it is. We need more positivity. We need more optimism. We need people enjoy sharing their passion with folks. And there is there are so many folks out there who share the same passion you do and are just waiting yeah. to hear you share your love of these things with them. Oh yeah, I I, I yeah I, I follow um, wholeheartedly those those comments as well, Nick. Um, yeah, for sure. It's um, time. It you know, life is very short. <laughs> Can I just mm-hmm. say that without sounding too bleak? Uh, you just got to go for it. Just just go for it. And whether or not it. it eventuates to anything at least you can say that i've given it a go and i've I've, you know never never go out wondering you know if only i did this or never have regrets um it might seem a little bit hallmarky here (laughs) don't don't no no when i'm saying don't don't look at the final destination enjoy the journey exactly exactly like i mean Nick, you, you've had obviously a, a bit more of an experience with with uh, you know this kind of branch of of broadcasting, but I, I think it's fair to say that both of us, you know, we've been in the same boat as well. Like with with our podcast, it just you just go out there, give it give it a go, give it a red hot go, see how you how you feel it if you like it. Um, but yeah, exactly, um, you do end up. F- meeting and finding people that are, are so like-minded um yeah conversations will never end mm-hmm. it's, it's really good so uh yeah mm-hmm. no, great a great way to kind of end our living room anti-room grant <laughs> mansion conversation nick this is really cool um how's your, your whiskey your pretzels are all good are you good to good to go up um up to the moon moon copter sounds good to me yes i'm i'm good to go okay well come out uh just come follow me through this door
Okay. Thank you. Got... I'll have to ask Samuels where he gets his pretzels because these are really good. Oh, homemade, I think. Homemade. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nedda does them. Wakes up four o'clock in the morning. I, I wake her up to make them. It's it's great. <laughs> anyway, oh, okay. <laughs> terrible. I'm a terrible taskmaster. Anyway, here's, a, here's the, the lift. We have to go up to the roof. Uh, in we go. Let me just press the button. There we go. Little bit of lift music as we go up, Nick. Do you recognise the tune at all? Is it is it coming back to you? It's, it's cool. It's cool. I like this. You that's know, good, I mean, in fact, I was I was curious to see what what uh, various elevators. Have. I've heard, you know, some some great reviews about, you know, the ele- <laughs> your selector when it comes to the, the the elevator music. So I will say it's great. Oh, this is good. It's great. It's um, it's fantastic. Here we go. Okay, out we go. And yep, hi, Frenchie. There we go. Frenchie's got the moon jet already. Frenchie's here. He's yeah. This is Nick Frenchie. Um, Nick. Yeah, excellent. Anyway, listeners, Nick and I will be whisking ourselves off to a another location. We are going into Nick's Isla Ra books. So we'll be looking at ranked third and fourth of his books just on the other side of this break. So uh, Nick, after you. Thank you. Okay, catch you then, listeners. Hey there. I'm sure you know about the Capes and Lunatics podcast, but have you heard about the Capes and Lunatics Sidekicks podcast? It's a fun home for classic and new reviews of just about everything. We have the Ultimate Spider Cast, where we cover everything Spider Man, the Quantum Zone where we talk the classic Marvel character Quasar and do deep dives on the cosmic side of Marvel. We also have Comic Capers, where we cover everything old and new in comics. It could be anything, any company, any decade. And we also have our Media Mondays, where we cover some kind of TV show, be it a Arrowverse uh, current hit or our summer specials where we do reviews of uh, classic episodes of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer spinoff Angel. So, if you're a fan of pop culture and media, you should really check it out. And I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode one. Nine four. You're with your hypersaconchi Ray, and with me is a very special guest DJ Nick from a treasure trove of podcasts: Happiness and Darkness, Gold Standard, Fandom Zone podcast, uh, and also Time Talk, which is on a bit of a hiatus. That's that's correct, isn't it, um, Nick? Correct. Yes. As we wait for the new season of Titans and the new season of Doom Patrol to to yes. roll around for sure. Yeah. Excellent. Well, that'll give you a little bit of wiggle room, a bit of breathing space. To choose your <laughs> to choose your four desert island books and, uh, and loonies. Just to let you know, uh, Nick, you may have noticed there's a bit of an echo here. We are kind of it seems to be in some subterranean lair. Um, as to why we are, that will be revealed later on. Oh, Nick, you might want to watch your head. Can you maybe we should duck? Okay. Ouch. Okay. Oh, jeez, my God. There seems to be booby-trapped. Um, oh, 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 hang on. The walls are closing oh. in. Let's let's rush through this <laughs> small hole. <laughs> oh, my. 
Okay. Who 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 owns this place? Seriously. Well, I'd like to know as well. This is very. um, I don't know where Frenchie has dropped us off, but we will find out. I'm sure after we go Mm -hmm. through your two books. Now, Looney listeners, we usually do a rank system, rank four, three, two, one. But I want to state out from the get go that for DJ Nick Nick, um, this uh, these four books. They're basically equal, equal standing. So mm-hmm. um, it's kind of an arbitrary uh, order that I'll put them in, but uh, we'll, we'll just go with it. I've just kind of, um, what do you say, alternated between publishers, so to speak. Yeah, that, that works perfectly. You did a great job there. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, listeners, coming in as one of Nick's first Isle of books, one of the books he cannot live without if he was stuck on a desert island, he needs this with him. Brrr, ding! We have Identity Crisis Number Four, uh, writer Brad Meltzer and art by Rags Morales. Now, Nick, this is a uh, so I, what I do. I, I do read up on all these uh, these books as well because I find them a nice, yeah, just nice to actually be um, exposed to, to books I may not have read. A uh, fantastic book, Nick. Here, um, how would you describe? I mean, I'm not going to read. I've got a little synopsis here, but how would you describe the the, the, the summary for this issue? Well, here's the thing. I, you know, had it, had I uh, had the chance, I would have chosen the entire Identity mm-hmm. Crisis yes. run because it's a fantastic, fantastic story. But I feel the issue four really kind of gives you an idea because here's the fun thing. I actually stumbled on this episode in in an office once, and I actually oh. was there and I read it, and I like was like I was hooked from the get go. I was like, oh man, I need to now I need to get on the whole Identity Crisis thing because. Mm-hmm. I think even though you started you know, your, your fourth issue in, it gives you an idea of what's going on. And it really gives you, I think, a different look at what uh, you know, some of the major DC heroes are, 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 up, uh, are about and stuff. And also I think, and I love a good whodunit story. I love a good detective story. And so, of course, here it's all about finding out who literally who done it literally you know who killed uh, these the, you know the, who's going around killing these people and um no surprise i love watchmen as well mm-hmm. but um but yeah i i and the artwork is superb the dialogue is so crisp the, yeah. the the dialogue is so crisp and you get so many fantastic characters and uh that's the reason why and not to mention i have to say the the cover is one of the best wonder woman covers oh, ever yeah love it Love it. it absolutely. You know, the artist. If I were to ever have a Wonder Woman poster in my room, I would ha- probably have Identity Crisis issue four because just the 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 way Wonder Woman is drawn in that mm. is just beautiful. Oh, very, very. Yeah, I, I totally agree as well. I, I do have a partial leaning as well towards uh, Nicola Scott's Wonder Woman. Uh, again, not that she's Australian, but she's an Australian artist. She's very good. <laughs> but her Wonder <laughs> Woman is fantastic as well. But this this was brilliant. I, I was really drawn in from this cover. Um, yeah, so listeners, Identity Crisis, it, it's in a little bit of a, like, in the middle kind of section, as Nick said. I think it's a seven-parter. Is that correct, Nick? Or, mm-hmm. Yep. So right. ba- basically the wives of some prominent superheroes are, um, are being killed off. And apologies, Nick, because, again, my DC, um, you know, shortcomings uh, might show here. But, yeah, so generally I think uh, Dr. Adam it opens up. I think Jane Loring... Uh, she seemingly is hanging herself, but she's she's obviously in trouble. Someone has tried to to um, murder her, uh, and this is a, a, a trend that has followed. Um, I think 
elongated man's wife got got correct sue dibney has been murdered has been murdered basically and it all stems from sue dibney ralph dibney's wife who is the elongated man yes and the latest shall we say attempted victim is jean loring who is the wife of course of ray palmer whom Mm. folks will know as the atom yes um very bleak um i i immediately was drawn to brad melter i've heard of his name um but i don't think i've read much of his stuff this is really cool i mean i'm actually i want to read all of it now uh, just oh you you must it's a fantastic if you like uh, as i said a good whodunit story yeah. you definitely want to read the rest of this yeah i mean and they go through some really fun characters like i actually know slipknot from the suicide squad movie he was actually mm-hmm. there very briefly uh he's one of the suspects uh, we get wonder woman and we get also what i really love um um and you know Sorry, excuse myself, indulgence, but um, Hal Jordan and the Spectre as the Spectre. Um, so yes. Oliver Queen goes and sees him. So it's very much, uh, I guess, of its time as well, because otherwise you'd be kind of wondering, what the hell, what's going on here? But yeah, so, so somewhere along the lines, Hal Jordan becomes the Spectre. It's pretty cool, um, but there, it is a huge whodunit. Um, fantastic as well, Nick. Uh, yeah, the art. I, I love the fact that also uh, it was set up at the beginning. Um, they're talking about the security system and like it's yes isn't it piled on with all these like really alien security systems as well as batman's you know Mm -hmm. um tech and still whoever you know um got through it look this is an old um this is an old uh story so nick i'm I'm happy to spoil. Who, 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 who is it? Who did it? <laughs> Do you want to really? You really want to know? Uh, because I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it for you. Is but, it really? Um, is it really going to like? Is it really going to impact if I know it now and read it? Or I'll well, it know. will because you'll okay. read it with different eyes. Okay. So maybe, I mean, maybe all, not I'm, all I'm going. You know, yeah. what, I'm not going to spoil it because folks want to read it. Yeah, but all no. I'm going to say is, you will be pleasantly surprised when you find out who it is. Okay. And um, and just like they say in One Division, if you will, having watched One Division, the clues are all there. Oh wow! Awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah. definitely have to read uh, issues one all the way through seven. Um, mm-hmm. So if I can be a bit more sp- specific as well, in this sure. You mentioned uh, you know great story, great who done it. Um, great art as well why out of the thousands and thousands of comics you know is there a particular reason why you'd bring this on a desert island like uh, just just to paint the picture for you nick some people like they really do strategize why they bring certain certain comics one might be like it might be as 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 easy as i need something like popcorn some action thing or i need something quite cerebral um, or I need something that will present something again and again when I read it. Is there any particular reason why this was be, was be chosen? I, I think because it kind of mainly reminds me of the fact of the humanity of these superpowered beings. Because that's a, what at the end of the day, that's the beauty of identity crisis is mm-hmm. the fact that it really brings these. It, it, it pretty much I think the D, it, it, Brad Meltzer did for the DC universe, I think, what Watchmen did at the time when it came to the superhero movie genre, i.e. make them even more human, if you will, and make them even more flawed and showing a darker side to it all. And and I think that's the reason why, and I suppose, as I said, being a big fan of mysteries, and the dialogue in this is fantastic, and I know loving Batman the way I do, Mm -hmm. the whole fact of who, you know, the whole who benefits thing, which which plays very strongly in this issue yeah. is um, 
it's something I think worth to keep in mind in general you know, for people is when something happens, you often have to think to yourself, you know, we're kind of um, wondering why something happens or whatever you think to yourself, who benefits from this, mm. which, um, which I think, you know, in life can maybe help you, you know, make certain choices or understand why certain things are the way they are. And, and as I said, it really furthers, I think, the whole, the whole Batman character of mm -hmm. uh, who benefits from this. And, and I think it's, and, and just the fact that I said it humanizes these, 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 all these characters, and you get so many of them yeah. in just a, in, 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 in the one issue. That's why I loved it so much. Not to mention, as I said, it's, I think it's some of the finest art I have seen from DC. Mm. And, uh, and just, and I could even just, you know, almost not even almost read the dialogue and just look at the artwork. Oh, it's yeah. just beautiful to look at the art is yeah very very good and each of them very well depicted i mean there's that kind of biggish panel of batman that you see and you get the sense of his cloak kind of draping over him um mm -hmm. but just really very well drawn and if i'm to take a leaning from a podcast that i do about superman i think superman was really cool in it as well i love the fact that uh, i think it was oliver queen going um they're all perplexed as to who did it, and it's like, I oh, stuff this, they go straight to the top. And then, it, then you get That's a shot right. of Superman. And then there's this fantastic thing that Meltzer writes as well. I think uh, Oliver Queen says, I kind of sense this rumble in his voice, which he's only ever used with Batman before. I used to think it was um, anger, but it's fear. Yeah. And I think that's great, just really great, because you're talking about such a, a powerful being, and uh, even the gravity of the situation has has caused him to, you know, to sound a little scared. So um, it's really great writing. I think it's it's really cool. Those those little things, um, and uh, and also capturing the stuff like that, the friendship between Oliver Queen and Hal Jordan, um, that was really cool. There was that really nice exchange there, Nick, towards the end of like, yes, you're the Spectre. Just, just you know. Just tell me who it is and, and like let's kill them or whatever. And he goes, I can't. I, I got rules. I can't. I'm sorry. I can't yeah, almost answer to a higher power. Yeah. So I can't do yeah. Yeah, and that's good because it's a good fall because you'd be thinking he is the spirit of vengeance. Why doesn't he? But no, he's he's got his rules to follow. So, um, yeah. No, really and also the father the father son relationships. I mean, call me an old softy, yeah. but I like the the whole kind of father son things we also get here because obviously you get Captain Boomerang and, and kind of um, you know should we oh, say yes. uh, connecting with his son, yep. and then you also of course have. Um, you know Robin and his father where Robin is like oh, telling yeah, Batman I'm not going to yeah. be I'm not going to be working Tim yeah exactly Tim Drake mm -hmm. saying I'm not going to be working tonight I want to spend more time with my dad and so those are kind of heartwarming moments too they're good yeah and, and Captain Boomerang was up again I know very little about the character but he was painted quite sympathetic in this um is he turning a leaf or something? He's a villain, right? Isn't he? So yes, of course, yeah. Because he's still, you know, because obviously here we also hear about the whole thing of some of the suspects being the Suicide Squad. Yes, yes. And um, and obviously Captain Boomerang was one of the, of course, original members of the Suicide Squad. He's, should we say, somewhat turning a leaf in the sense that he, I think he's he's just maybe looking for, you know, reasons to his life outside of the, I suppose, the criminal world. And yeah, you get that kind of bonding moment between him and his son. who's like, you know, I, f I found out that you're my father. Mm -hmm. And so it's also that this, I think this issue very much focuses on family and not to mention you get some very interesting insights, I believe, I think also when it comes to Superman, because you, you see about the reports of Lois saying even Superman gets nervous yes. as in she's like, I've noticed he keeps cracking his knuckles. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah. 
And so I, that's why I love it, because it humanizes everybody. And even Lois saying, you know, I saw he was uh, kind of X-raying our wedding photo, mm -hmm. our wedding book. So, and I love that. The fact that even Superman can crack his knuckles in nervousness. Well, it they, shows there's yeah, humanity there. It, it certainly does. And it also just shows how well Lois knows him. Like, you know, yeah. just these little nuances that, that she'll pick up. Yeah, the telltale signs of what what he's going through. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, no, I, I think it was very, I think it was very strongly written. Um, uh, yeah, fully justified what I've heard of Brad Meltzer. So um, really good. Well, stuff. if you do get to read it, uh, read the whole thing through, Ray, I really am looking forward to hearing your thoughts once you once and if you do read the whole thing because oh, I'm very yeah. curious. I, I certainly will. I, I definitely will. The one thing I didn't put on here though was when it was released do you know perhaps off the top of your head there nick otherwise i'm just opening up a link now i'm assuming it, it looks like what early 2000s is that right yes it is early 2000s yes okay uh 2004 okay yeah cool yeah nice Correct. excellent well um and it might brought you on to other brad Meltzer stuff because he's written some great great things throughout his career oh what what, what other uh what other dc well, i mean because brad Meltzer, brad Meltzer has done i mean because he's done he's worked in you know obviously mold i believe both for marvel and dc okay. and he's very much he's very much as i said the kind of a man of the people if you will because mm -hmm. as you see in identity crisis and he's also done and he's also you know obviously a novelist as well because guy's actually written mm -hmm. books okay. You know, political. In fact, no surprise. He actually, before going into comics, he actually wrote political thrillers. That was his whole kind of claim to right. fame. And uh, and so yeah, he's. I mean, because he's he's worked, you know, as I said, on tons of things. Because uh, well, well, heck, um, along with he wrote the Book of Lies, which is great. He actually wrote um, uh, one of the arcs of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, oh, for okay. example. Right. So you know, the guy has done quite a bit of things. Okay. And. Um, yeah, novels, he's done quite a few things, and uh, he's done a lot of non-fiction stuff. He's worked on green, mainly DC, uh, Green Arrow, for folks mm -hmm. who want to okay. read the Archer, the Archer's Quest, which is actually really good. Okay. And and also he's done two Justice League volumes as well, so uh, you can find him on that. And yeah, uh, season eight of Buffy the Vampire Slayer is actually written by Brad Melton. Oh, wow, he wrote the, the episodes. Wow. Yes, correct. Oh, fantastic. I mean, look, again, loonies will be uh, no strangers to novelists, good novelists being uh, good comic book writers as well. Uh, from our stables, of course, Charlie Houston uh, and Greg Horitz, um, who did The Vengeance of the Moon Knight um, there, Nick. Uh, both uh, successful uh, spy and political um, novelists in their own right. So... Um, so yeah, that's great to hear that Brad Meltzer's kind of of that ilk. I mean, if it's anything like uh, Charlie Houston or or, um, or Greg Horitz, then yeah, for sure, totally in. I definitely would would suggest folks check out his two Justice League runs as well. They're definitely worth it. Okay, well, I'll actually, I will put that in the show notes there, uh, listeners. So uh, there might be some odd Justice League links there but if you've listened to the show you'll understand why they're there <laughs> <laughs> um, oh actually Nick there's, we are under a little bit of fire there seems to be some robots here now oh no this again? is a bit okay. weird I mean look we can just duck and weave you know we're quite we're quite, you know, we're quite agile aren't we so if we go <laughs> okay we found ourselves a nice <laughs> nice 
nice little um, spot away from those crazy, crazy robots spouting nonsense. Um, and we are now up to your next book here, Nick. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm jumping up publishers here so we've got from 1968 we're going back actually nick the the identity crisis was the probably the the most modern book out of the four that you've you've chosen so that's an interesting interesting note we're going back to 1968 avengers volume one 57 so this was written by roy thomas and art by that legendary John Buscema. Uh, so uh, for listeners, Nick, this is a big one and, and quite, I guess, uh, appropriate for what we were talking about, WandaVision and, and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, exactly. Can, can we use the word, I suppose, timely, which is what timely. Marvel was known that's at the it. time? That's it. That's the word I was thinking of. But yeah, very timely. Of course, it is... Um, is it Behold the Vision? I think that is the mm-hmm. title on the cover. Very yes. popular cover. Um, and for listeners, 57, this is it. This is the the introduction of Vision, and we get um, Ultron 5 happening as well, which is where we are, Nick. We are in the subterranean lair of Ultron 5. That is why we are here. Um, uh-huh. Aha. Uh-huh. Yes. But this, Nick, uh, why did this hold a, a good significance, a great significance for you? Well, I I have a few Marvel characters that I absolutely love, 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 love to death. My all-time, you know, Vision is what my all-time favorite Marvel hero. Oh, is he? Wow. Yes, indeed. Yes, wow. Vision. You must I be love over the moon with Wonder Vision. Then, like your heroes. Yes, there. yes, because Vision awesome. is my my Vision is my man. Literally, he's my awesome. synthesoid, as they would say. <laughs> I guess one could say to, to be more correct. Yeah. But uh, but no, and so uh, I thought to myself, what better volume or shooter issue to choose than the one which actually debuts the Vision? Because obviously Vision mm. had made appearances previously, but he had been a completely different character, and he was literally a villain, and look, did not look like this. This is where we actually got the Vision. She was saying his typical green and yellow attire with the red <laughs> face. Yeah, and. Um, and that was the reason why, because I just loved his journey and, you know, obviously going back and rereading through it. And so I thought to myself, it was no better place than here. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, you know, for folks who are fans of the MCU who do decide to read this one, you get Black Widow in yeah. a very different attire. Her original and she's dating costume. Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah. Which is so cool because um, for, you know, MCU fans, you'll kind of then understand the, the relationship they have in the, the cinematic universe. There's a bit of an, a kinship there, but you see that they actually have a, a relationship earlier on. And she is, she's red, she's not even red-headed, Nick. She's... Nope. Yep, black hair. She's basically standing standing upside down, black yep. hair and the whole kind of black, you know, kind of lace kind of stuff, which was... Because I suppose like, she's the Black Widow, she's going to yes. wear black, I yeah. assume. <laughs> so... <laughs> And, and yeah, because you mentioned the fact that the MCU and the fact that Hawkeye, or I believe um, uh, Black Widow, you know, throughout a few, a few movies, we actually see her wear an arrow, small arrow around her neck, ah. which is, of course, a, a little tribute to that. There, there is this to be said. Black Widow in Marvel Comics tends to get around a bit. Um, you know, to <laughs> well, put it to play like, like the Daredevil. nicest way I can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, her and Daredevil, all right, they're just like, they're like rabbits. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, I mean, because Black Widow, of course, dates uh, Hawkeye, then she dates yeah. Daredevil, she dates yeah. a couple of others. So let's say she, she likes to broaden her horizons when it comes to superheroes. <laughs> 
Yes, exactly. Um, look, who can who can blame her? There are you know plenty of oh. uh, well, actually, there are um, plenty of you know bad characters as well. But, um, yeah. but no, uh, but she, she, she likes to she likes to she likes to enjoy herself. You know, no, exactly. nothing wrong with that. No, nothing wrong with that as well. Like work hard, play hard. That's the way. You exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this issue um, brings up a lot of really good stuff as well. Um, as you mentioned, Hawkeye and Black Widow. Um, we see a standoff between Vision. He gets to show off his powers, and, and you get to see how powerful he is. He takes on the likes of uh, uh, Hawkeye, Thor, Goliath, uh, the Wasp, all that. Um, he kind of beats them with ease because of his intangibility. I love his power set, Nick. I think he's really oh yes, so Me powerful. Too. Um, and it was so good to see him in the Wonder Vision, the, the finale, to actually display all that. It was good. The whole thing of changing his density, yeah, yes. that's a huge, huge thing in the comics is the fact that he obviously can go from, like, completely uh, intangible to being, like, basically as hard as diamond. Yes. That's basically the, the, the great thing about the vision. And granted, in the comics, you know, the, the, the gem that he has in his head is not the soul stone in the comics. It's literally just a, a, a um, should say something powered by the sun from which he can shoot rays. Yes, a, a solar, a solar, you know, absorber or something. I, yeah, that's right. It had nothing to well, do with see, infinity. Sorry? Well, see, because vision is green as well, because he uh, is, relies on solar energy. He's solar powered. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. It was already how progressive Marvel was. They were already looking at green energy. Way um, ahead of their time. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a shame that obviously we don't get Iron Man or Captain America in this. We would no. get them in the issue after this, of mm-hmm. course, because it's when they start analyzing the fact that is vision Avengers material or not. Yeah. And uh, does some Black Knight? Here, Black Knight turns up as well, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Yes, yes indeed. Yeah. And here, if you will, it's almost a prelude of the West Coast Avengers. Mm, yes. Yes, it is. Um, one of my favourite iterations of the Avengers. Uh, and you're talking about, Nick, uh, picking something good for Vision. Uh, Vision Quest, I guess, is another big uh, story Fantastic. arc. Um, fant- yeah, it's all, all part of the West Coast Avengers as well. Um, but yeah, this is really cool. Also, as well, another big takeaway from this issue is Ultron 5. Um, and the mm-hmm. ominous ending, but also the relationship that he has with Vision, and Vision uh, essentially kind of um, tearing away from him uh, because he um, was under not his spell, but he was, you know, he was created by Ultron. Ultron's a father, if you will, and so he kind of he tears away from him um, and destroys him. <laughs> um, and not to mention that yeah. ending there. It was the time. It was the. It was one of those comic moments which I absolutely love when they do them, where they actually uh, quote a poem, and that of course is Ozymandias by Percy Shelley, and um, mm. I love. I you know, already so early on they were already doing the whole quoting of poems, yeah. and yeah, and that's that that folks. Uh, you know, that is not. It's obviously. Um, you know, original writing there, they are literally, it's not Roy Thomas writing. Roy no. Thomas has taken, <laughs> yeah. you know, a certain man by the name of Percy Shelley, who, yes, no surprise, is a husband to Mary Shelley, the lady who created Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that is literally his Ozymandias, which I thought was an, an interesting choice for for, um, for Ultron. Or should we say when we see the skull, it should we say Ultron's head on the beach. Hey, yeah. And then yeah. Ozymandias poem. Yeah. Yeah, I know for sure, um, and of course the the, the kickstarts, uh, I guess, to the nature of Ultron and and the fact that yeah. he, he kind of he lives on and and you know it's hard he's hard to kill. He'll just jump across to something else. 
Um, yeah, no, no, so this was a, yeah, a very, a very cool issue. Again, I uh, would be remiss to, to not mention uh, John Buscema's art, the artwork. Um, I love this classic kind of look um, of art. Uh, uh, Nick, uh, you know, that him, John and, and John Romita Sr., I think, are my favourite. Um, and maybe, yes. maybe um, uh, oh gosh, what is it? Colin, Gene Colin as well. I, I love his artwork. Oh, great work, great stuff. Yeah, so um, really good, very good classic uh, Avengers. A nice, yeah, actually a nice little one and done as well, Nick. So uh, apart from the identity crisis, which was part of a, a bigger saga, this can really be seen as just like a, a one-off adventure because it starts off with Vision. They have this whole thing in one issue. I mean, you won't get that in comic books these days. <laughs> No, and I think, you know, for folks who may want to see, should we say, the Vision's uh, debut in, you know, in the in the comics world, it works because, you know, again, I think, and plus, you, you know, you get a bit of recurring villain mm-hmm. in, uh, should we say, in the Marvel Universe, which is, of course, Ultron 5. And so I thought it was, a, it was, it's, it's great for that reason. Plus, you, you know, you get, obviously, most of our famed Avengers with the exception of Iron Man and Captain America who are off doing other things mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, but yeah I, I thought I really enjoyed it for that reason yes yeah fantastic fantastic two choices here Nick um, we might just take another quick break and it will allow us to actually go to another location loonies we're just going to get out of this crazy lair get Frenchie to come take us away um, and when we come back we will look at next your final two, and uh, I've left two big ones, so these these should be good mm-hmm. to, to chat about. Uh, catch you soon. Hello, Looney listeners. This is Ray here. Just uh, wanting to say, look, if you like Moon Knight, I urge you to give. The Fringe Night Ago. This is a self-published indie release by creator and writer Daniel Doing, um, and it's a it's a ripper of a read. Uh, the Fringe Night is an adventure comic series set in Erie, Pennsylvania, and the series stars the title character who protects his city from every threat imaginable, from radioactive wolfmen to mad scientists putting poodles in giant robots. The Fringe Night is there to protect definitely worth checking out i highly recommend it uh available uh just check out the show notes uh in this episode but uh fringe night has a facebook page as well as a patreon page and you can also find all the comics on indieplanet.com so check out fringe night by daniel doing all right let's get on to the show Looney listeners, welcome back. You are listening to an ILRR Sessions episode 194. I am with special co-host DJ Nick. And we've changed our locations. After a short little jaunt, a short little break, Frenchie has whisked us away from a subterranean lair and we are now in Westchester County. Nick, um, again, good old New, good old, good old New, the state of New York. You have to love that. Exactly, it's it's nice. It's kind of lush here. There's there's some nice greenery, but we've got we've got a beautiful. I mean, it's it's nothing compared to Grant Mansion, but uh, you know we've got a beautiful mansion in front of us. The the school for gifted students. I'll just leave that there. 
for um, <laughs> for some, some of the listeners. Anyway, Nick, we are hurtling towards your last two comics, and uh, the third, I guess, comic that you have chosen mm-hmm. is ding, is your is Batman one? Yes, all the mm-hmm. way from nineteen forty. So we're talking origin, baby. You mentioned that you did a, a, a research, Nick, that you kind of decided to go back and, and kind of mm-hmm. hit it at the source, so to speak. You can't get any more further back than this, written by Bill Finger and art by Bob Kane. Now, um, you know, it might be apparent why you chose this, Nick, but why, why did you choose this particular issue? Well, uh, you know, I, you know, as much as I think, you know, DC, Batman is DC's Moon Knight, I think. And a lot of folks <laughs> have made that comparison. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, but, and both have their rights to exist, you know, and they're both wonderful characters. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, this was a great way to, you know, if you're on, once again, your desert island and you want to read something, this is a very satisfying issue. It's almost like a three course meal, if it you is. will, because, yeah. because you have multiple stories of this this was obviously the time when your one comic would have multiple stories in it and here of course we get introduced to you know some of the most famous of uh, of batman's rogues gallery villains because of course we get the joker we mm-hmm. get hugo strange who was actually the very first villain that batman ever ever fought against and actually in the in detective comics because obviously before batman got his solo title he was featured in detective comics mm-hmm. um but uh, and you get Hugo Strange, and of course you get Catwoman, or as she's known here, oh, the of cat. Course. Yes, the cat. Yes. So we get we get three big ones, and of course you'll get two Joker stories, which you know, hey, you can't get enough Joker. And not to mention, it shows a turning point in this in this um, comic is they were actually thinking of killing off the Joker for good in this uh, in this uh, when they were right when yeah. Bill Finger and Bob they were writing this, but then like. He's too good to lose, so obviously they make sure he's still alive and well. But no, that's the reason why, and not to mention, it's the first time we actually got Batman's origin story. Mm. Because in in Detective Comics, which was uh, the case of the Criminal Syndicate, uh, which was um, the the very first uh, story that we got in, um, in Detective Comics, we didn't know where the Batman came from. Mm-hmm. or who he was and here they actually said oh you know we're going to make it even more special for you we're going to actually show you how batman became batman which mm-hmm. was actually that's nice still thing as well yeah the um 1940s as well like it, it doesn't shirk around anything really i mean i remember reading that first bit the origin of batman and uh thomas wayne gets shot you know and then and then the the robber or the mugger just says you know get out of the way lady and shoots her as well <laughs> you know so yes. it, it gets really um yeah very kind of abrupt very direct but yeah th- this is great and i can see um i think nick this is a good example i mean this is as you say a three-course meal it's a great one to take to a desert island there's plenty to read here um how scary is the joker like for the 40s he's still I mean, he packs a punch in here for me. Like, when I read it, like, with that, the Joker's smile, he's killing people willy-nilly. I mean, he's a menace. It's really good. Yeah, here people are literally dying. Yes. And you have to also obviously think that here, Batman was very much taking from the pulp uh, books and comics of the era. Mm -hmm. And so they obviously were making it more, should we say, as pulpy as they could. 
And that's why I think it's it, what makes it so gritty and so hard boiled and great is the fact of just that reason is it, this was literally Batman, obviously at the very, very beginning of his journey and uh, comic book wise. And so they, and they literally took him from the pulps, which yep. is what folks, which is what de- detective comics was mainly known for at the time. I mean, you even look at the case, of the chemical chemical syndicate, which is in detective comics, the, the, the very first Batman appearance, mm-hmm. he kills everybody. Literally. <laughs> Batman, you know, before they retconned the whole thing oh, of Batman yeah. doesn't kill, yeah. and the fact that he even uses guns and what have you, yeah. even here, he, he hangs people, he kills people. Yeah, yes. he does it here as well. He even mentions, like, yeah. I'm not, I don't usually kill people, but I'll make an exception in this, this instance. <laughs> he yeah. kills a guy. But no, I, yeah. I think it really is the Joker at one of his creepiest in he this. Is. Uh, in he this, is. Yeah. Yeah, really. He's I played mean, less for laughs and more of like the psycho, the psychopath side yeah. of, of a joke. And I guess it just really surprised me because um, I would expect that for modern and modern interpretation of the Joker, but mm-hmm. for the 1940s to have that sadistic a villain, uh, I thought it was great. I think I think it was a really great introduction to to the Joker, um, and you know you can see why the legacy of, of the character continues because uh, it got off to a great start. Um, Hugo Strange, and I'd like to to note uh, not Nimrod Strange. Let's get that <laughs> right, listeners. Um, we all know Doug Mensch made a mistake. Uh, he created Nick. He created a villain in Moon Knight called Nimrod Strange, but in one of mm-hmm. the panels. Yeah, one of the panels, he um, maybe the editing got it wrong, and they called him Hugo Strange. It was like, oh, oh, bit of a problem there. <laughs> but anyway, ouch. Okay, um, but yeah, Nimrod's. Uh, sorry, not Nimrod. <laughs> Hugo Strange. Uh, very, very cool in this monsters. This was a very different take. Um, I thought it was good because you started to see a bit of range with Superman. Oh, not Superman, I'm talking Batman. <laughs> Again, because the villains are so out of the world, uh, out of this world, that it, it seems like that. But yeah, yeah, Batman um, uh, fighting these monsters, which was awesome. It was great fun. Um, if I can actually bounce back also, Nick, a little one thing about the Joker. Uh, it might be actually in the second part where the Joker sprays him with gas. Do you remember that? Yes. And Batman just goes, oh. I'm just going to shake it off. <laughs> so we shake yeah, it. yeah. Here, here we see we got the introduction of the fact of nothing phases Batman. <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. And I think somewhat the fact of his utility belt, he's got everything because we get the yes. UV light. Oh yes. When does he had a UV light? Oh my gosh, And the yeah. fact of, of, of uh, you know, okay, a lot of things maybe things seem a little bit convenient. Like for example, both his and Robin's boots like coated sleeve yeah. marks. If you can see him with a UV light, which are fun, yeah. but yeah. but yeah, the gas thing is like yeah, he can shake it off because he's the Batman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's all I mean, of course, of its time, all a bit of fun as well. Yeah. Um, but really enjoyed it, and and that little uh, it was a a Robin centric story. Um, on the ship which I found again three different really different stories it was really cool and that had the introduction of the cat um, I actually didn't put two and two together Nick there until I saw Selena Kyle at the end um, I was just like oh okay this is some some shenanigans about some someone robbing someone um, but yeah I didn't consider but it was really cool to see her um, the first side of it was when Batman sees this old lady walk run away he's like oh she's got pretty good legs for an old lady <laughs> he says so, yeah exactly um, Batman's checking out the old ladies yeah, what does that tell exactly. you exactly um, so no, a lot of fun this um, it was actually fun to see a lot of the ads of the time as well the copy that I've got um, uh, shows some of the the recent the the ads, and you're talking about the pulp nature of it. Um, so there's one of uh, it's like these are your um, 
these are your five, I think, you know, um, characters to, to, to remember. As Superman, Batman, it had Flash. It had the Spectre. And then it had, I think it was Ultraman or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, he didn't survive. He, he's not, is he around still or no? No, well, I mean, he is, but obviously yeah. he wasn't. He's not as prominent at yeah. the time. But, but yeah, and I think I love the fact that the, the Catwoman, should we say, um, story is also great because it, it shows you really a future a prelude of things to come of yes. the incredible love story between these two because here we literally see Batman let her go on purpose. Mm. And, and she actually propositions him as well. Like you, you and I can be, yeah. you know, king and queen of the underworld or of crime and we can do all this. So, yeah, it, it's, um, it was really interesting to see. Um, I, I actually enjoyed the art as well. I thought Robin was drawn really well. He's got that very, mm-hmm. very pulpy kid look to him. Yes. Um, which is really nice, to very endearing to see. Uh, Batman is all very classic. Uh, Joker, you know, in, in an odd way, still very kind of scary the way he looks. Um, he's drawn very weird. And, and just that Joker smile for, for all his victims, uh, very creepy. So And that he lives in a graveyard behind yeah. the... Uh, uh, <laughs> I thought was really curious that... You know, because obviously later on you'd never have the Joker living in a graveyard. Like almost, I think it's like behind the tombstone, there's like his lair or yeah. something. But, you know, you got that point where really the Joker was considered the thing of nightmares. Mm. It's very, very good. Like, I must say, a very good villain to to create, um, especially in the 40s. I don't know. So, yeah, mm-hmm. hats, off, hats off there. Um, sorry, Nick, I, I see we are kind of within the grounds of this School for Gifted students. Um, a few people here... Uh, oh, oh, hello. Um, is that the professor? Whatever obstacles get in the way, remember, they can be overcome. Xavier out. Um, Nick, that's a professor. Wow, is that... I, I, I was trying to figure out whether it was McAvoy or... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he looked He looked uh, oldish, maybe. Uh, oh, and there's, ooh, there's Wolverine. Looks like you've been having fun without me. Very, very dangerous looking, of course. I got your pointers right here. Lot of nice, lot of, lot of colourful characters over here. Very colourful characters indeed. Um, you know, maybe we can blend in. We can be mutants ourselves somehow. We'll do our best. We'll do our best. <laughs> uh, anyway, listeners, oops. Um, that may give you some clues as to Nick's last book. And in keeping with mostly some classic comics... We do have a ding from 1963. Uh, I've got this in my notes, but it is actually The X-Men, number one. Mm-hmm. Not Uncanny X-Men. So written by... Jeez, Nick, you've picked some big titans here. So we've got Bill Finger, Bob Kane. Now we've got Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Um, <clears throat> so this, this is where it all kicks off for the mutants, uh, Nick. And this is a very interesting... I'd not read this issue one before, so it was very cool to read. Um, why this one as well? What, did, did, does, do mutants or the X-Men have a significance for you? Well, one, I love the X-Men. And, you know, a lot of folks consider it like the soap opera par excellence when it comes to Marvel. Because anybody who's read the X-Men knows... Let's be honest, folks. It is a soap, soap opera. Yeah, and is. I'm not saying that in a negative way. It just really is because people fall in love. You know, multiple people sleep with multiple people. You've got people coming, <laughs> dying, dying yeah. and coming back. You have yeah. clones. You've got this. It is a soap opera. Yes. And it's a beautiful soap opera at that. And the reason why I chose this one is I could have gone on another one, but 
Here, I, I actually, uh, you know, once again, review one of my, another of my favorite Marvel characters, which, funnily enough, is Magneto. I oh, love okay. Magneto for so many reasons. Granted, here he is literally a clean and cut villain. Yeah. And but as things progress, we find out that Magneto is, you know, is much more than just a villain. You know, he's an anti-hero. He's, um, and so he's such a complex character, and that's why I love Magneto. Magneto is actually my favorite X-Man, if you will. Oh. I mean, granted, granted, we're jumping many, many years from 1963, mm -hmm. but Magneto will eventually be the head of the mute of the School of Mutants. Mm -hmm. He will be one of the professors, and so he, his role changes so much. Not to mention, he is always believed to be the biological father of the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just love this character. And, of course, here we get the introduction to him. And, of course, we get the introduction to the OG X-Men. And uh, yeah. I just thought it was the best way. And you said, you know, we have two giants here. Of course, we have Mr. Stan Lee and we have Jack King Kirby, mm -hmm. who pretty much was drawing everything at the time. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, mean, I, can't, and, uh, I can't believe and the amount. And I love amount. the Kirby artwork. Yeah, the Kirby artwork is, is great. Um, you get the classic, the OG Iceman. Um, which was, he even makes fun of himself there, um, dressing up as a snowman with a, he gets a couple of coals and and some and a, and a carrot, which I thought was very fun. Uh, yeah, but the art the art was really cool. Um, the uh, the writing as well, um, very. I mean, again, of its time. It's um, very Stanley. <laughs> Stanley, a lot of dialogue. It's really cool. But a great introduction to the the five X Men, and um, and I liked uh, Angel and Beast and Cyclops as well. The introduction of Jean Grey was cool. I loved how everyone was fawning over her, in particular Beast. He, he actually goes in for a peck, and she uh, and she um she kind of like wards him away with her telekinesis, which is pretty pretty funny. Um, there's a, a highlighting of of Bobby Drake as like emphasised as the younger one, um, so he gets kind of like special attention at the beginning, um, but they end up taking him through the paces, which is cool. Um, uh, Professor X, as well, he, he kind of he he kicks off as obviously the the the, the leader of the the pack, um, the director. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, it, I, I thought it was really cool. And as you say, Magneto, he had a big, a big part of it as well. I thought his awesome, his power was quite awesome, um, you know, with the magnetic fields and stuff. And um, it all culminates in uh, the X Men fighting him. But he's put up this magnetic field, Cyclops, in this brilliant panel where it's almost as if his whole face is like exuding an optic blast. Um, he kind of mm. cracks through that that barrier they all go in through and it's basically a free-for-all against magneto and he um he manages to do um just from memory yeah he manages to to hold his own for the most part um but i think it was bobby's shield um yes. magneto throw um he, he hurls a couple of missiles at them um and they kind of survive they come out and they, they fight him some more and he leaves um, but yeah, very entertaining. Um, the, the the army are included as well here, uh, Nick. So, um, mm. which you see, uh, maybe it's because I'm reading a lot of Hulk, but you see that a lot. You see a lot of the military involved. Yes. Um, but yeah, again, as you say, uh, um, maybe this touches a, a little bit more on the sign of the times than say what DC would. 
Is that part of it? Yeah, not to mention you also have... Yeah, I think it is very much a sign of the times where the army was very much, you know, a thing, as Mm -hmm. you, you know, mentioned in your Hulk readings. And also I want to add to the fact that we get a... um, Proto Danger Room, which is kind of yeah. cool because obviously that's a big thing for the X Men in the X Men universe, mm-hmm. is the Danger Room, which I thought was kind of fun. And you also get the fact, I think, of uh, Professor X being quite the taskmaster himself. He's like, you have oh, to do yeah. this in three seconds. Yeah, two yeah. seconds. <laughs> I noticed that. It's like, be here in three minutes and you will be punished otherwise. It's like, oh, geez, he's pretty pretty um hardcore um yeah you think so what is the what does the punishment entail it's yeah. like oh you're here in three seconds well done you think <laughs> yeah. so, what is this punishment he keeps kind of promising it's like wow yeah, yeah. um but yeah I, I i really enjoyed it and and as i said it's uh, it's it's fun you know it's it's, yeah. it's really really sort of fun stuff and granted magneto's powers will vary yeah. as things progress because here he can even write things in the sky and he can do oh, all yeah. sorts of things With dust particles yeah that's yeah right. so so it does obviously as the comics evolved his power did tend to change yeah. but i love that we did get of course his classic red and purple suit and as oh, i actually yeah. had mentioned to 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 russ to russell it's interesting how Marvel would use the color purple. Purple, yes. For villains. Yep, Green Goblin. Um, uh, God, who was that? Purple, or purple Man. <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is very interesting. Also... Sorry? You actually get in issue two of this, the Vanisher, who has basically the same costume as Magneto, oh, which is red and purple. Oh, gosh. I was thinking yeah. of uh, Onslaught. The whole time when I saw Magneto yep. as well, because he's very prominent with those colours. Uh, just funny with that, the um, the dust particles in the sky. I've, I found it funny how he he made his demand, but then he signed in cursive, Magneto. Kind of very, you know, nice nice running cursive writing. Oh, I mm. thought that was pretty cool. I wonder whether that was a possibly a homage to the Wizard of Oz, because oh, the Wizard of okay. Oz had come out the year prior. Should we say, no, sorry, pardon me. The, the Wizard of Oz was still very much in people's consciousness at the time. Mm. Well, granted, the Wizard of Oz came out in 1939. Okay. But, um, but I wonder whether that might have been, you know, a little homage to Wizard of Oz. And it's interesting how the Wizard of Oz has pervaded yes. Marvel and the MCU and what very have you. Very much so. Uh, WandaVision. How where, much is WandaVision? Yeah, yeah God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it could be maybe a take on on the Wizard of Oz there, but um, nineteen thirty nine. Yeah, re- My God. Yeah, Wizard of Oz is from nineteen thirty nine. In fact, uh, we that we actually had that discussion when we reviewed Gone with the Wind, which won the Oscar for Best Picture that year. Mm-hmm. It was um, uh, got, uh, Wizard of Oz lost to Gone with the Wind, and you know, oh wow, that, that, that's that's a whole discussion in itself. But yeah. um, you do think to yourself, what could have happened in movie history had. Wizard of Oz won in 1939 and not Gone with the Wind. You know, it's uh, yeah. it could have maybe changed movie history forever. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and taking nothing away from Gone with the Wind because I, I watched it when I was young. Uh, my sister was a big, a huge Vivian Lee fan, so mm. I ended up watching that. Uh, but taking nothing away from there, but, like, um, I'd say arguably Wizard of Oz is more enduring. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you look at it, it, it's a lot more, at least popularly known, um, yeah. You, know, you think to yourself, if you had a TARDIS and you could go back in time and you have <laughs> Wizard of Oz win Best Picture in 1939, 
I'm sure the scope of cinema would have changed drastically. Yeah, yeah. I love how in- you included a Huvian reference there, Nick. In another <laughs> in another episode, we must touch upon your your Doctor Who your Doctor Who loves, but uh, no, great great to hear it there. Uh, but yeah, um, so yeah, this issue was really good. Um, um, very fa- very fun to have. Was this more of a fun factor for you, Nick, to ha- to bring onto a desert island? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, yeah. It was more more the fun factor because the fact of the X Men lore being so extensive. I think this is a good way to epitomize it because yeah. if you go further down the line it just gets so convoluted and so crazy yeah. and if you read later issues you're like to, okay so when did this happen and when did this happen because once again had had it been you know had one been able to you know bend the rules and go with a uh, should we say trade paperback I probably would have gone with the Dark Phoenix saga because mm-hmm. there you can't take the one issue because it just it, <laughs> it takes away from the story yeah. here I think it's great because you get your main characters and you get your main villain and the main what, what have you and heck it's, I think it was important to have at least one Lee Kirby book when oh, it came to these four for sure no I, th- I think your four books are, are very well thought out and, and they're fantastic to read I, actually I've got to thank you because um, all of them except for Avengers Fifty Seven, I have I have not read. I only read Avengers Fifty Seven um, out of all four of them. So um, reading these other three have, have been eye openers, um, and they're really really cool. So no, fantastic work there, Nick. Well, thank you. Well, I'm, I, you know what? Well, I thank you. You know, for one, for allowing me to kind of go wild and see what I could bring to you know to this uh, yeah. to this show for sure when it came to these these issues and I'm glad that it's also sparked your interest as well in wanting to read uh, you know certain things that might have been outside your periphery on a regular basis yeah and, and let's hope that that goes for the listeners as well so listeners uh, as mentioned those encrypted links uh, they are they do feature these four issues go check them out if you haven't read them already uh, they're readily available um, so and they they're very, very uh, worthwhile in reading. So uh, a huge thank you to Nick um, for, for, for picking these. That would have been a hard task, as mentioned, but um, very much appreciated. And, uh, yeah, no, uh, uh, interested to, to actually take this further on and, and read more Identity Crisis, stuff like that. So a huge thank you. Oh, well, hey, I'm so glad. As I said, it's, <laughs> it was a joy to be here with you, as always, Ray. And, uh, you know, I... Uh, I, I look forward to you know coming back maybe sometime soon and just oh, you know absolutely. thank you for the for the time indeed. Absolutely, Nick. Absolutely. Now before we go as well, uh, again as mentioned, a huge thank you to Nick. Where can loonies uh, contact you if they want to learn more about your shows and uh, and your comic book loves? Okay. Well, when it comes to me, if you want to, I, I'm on Twitter where you can find me at High Darkness Pods. That's the actually the Happiness and Darkness uh, Twitter page, if you will. On Facebook, uh, you can find me as Nick Bernitz Pizzigoni, which is actually my uh, personal page. If not, you can find me, of course, on uh, Gold Standard and Happiness and Darkness, as mentioned, and Fandom Zone and what have you. And also, if you are fans of country music, you can uh, visit our website. That's Whiskey and Cigarettes Show where you can see of course when our show is airing and uh, if you want to listen to uh, the um, truth edition of the show from the previous week so yeah i would pretty much say you know go head over to twitter high darkness pod gold standard oscars gold and facebook you'll find us on uh, on happiness and darkness and uh, gold standard the oscars podcast on uh, facebook too 
Yes, and thank you so much. And, and as well, loonies, go check all that out. Go pester Nick, um, you know, because he knows a lot about <laughs> comics. He, <laughs> he knows a lot about films as well. Uh, he's, he's great to chat with. Uh, it's very fun. So so go, go. Um, you know, take it from me. He know, You know your shizzle. So great stuff. <laughs> great stuff. Um, next phase, loonies, we are in a waxing crescent. So... For our two episodes next week, of course, uh, the idle chat at the top of the week will be on the Kavanaugh legacy. So this will be interesting. Terry Kavanaugh's legacy of the last, uh, sorry, last 20 or so Mark Spector Moon Knight series um, run issues. Sorry. Um, uh, Very interesting. He really did take Moon Knight in a different direction. Uh, It'll be fun to chat about, you know, what Looney's thought about that as well later in that week we've got lunapic uh the modern run review for the waxing crescent it is going to be shadowland moon knight number one from 2010 and with me for this will be first time guest uh rotten tomatoes film and tv critic uh as well as a social media manager for the spool tim stevens so Tim uh, is a, a Moon Knight fan and uh, yeah, invited him on to, to talk all about Shadow, Shadowland Moon Knight. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, wow, nice. I'll definitely be checking that one out. Yeah, I've, I've never spoken to Tim before, so this should be, this should be interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure he knows his Moon Knight stuff for sure. Um, also, Loonies, we are part of the collective, so a band of few like-minded podcasters, uh, a very informal network, but we like to share and prop each other up. Um, so the likes of Happiness in Darkness, a superhero movie podcast, uh, the likes of Inner Demons, a ghostwriter podcast, or let me just pick from here, We Are Venomaniacs, a Venom podcast, uh, as well as a, a, a whole host of others. Go check it out. Um, there are links in our show notes for the collective. Uh, there are about 20 shows um, all comic book related or comic book character related as well uh, we can be contacted on email itkmoonight at gmail.com we're also on facebook um, a page and group or on twitter instagram youtube discord get vocal we have a website on libsyn and wordpress and we are on podchaser as well as a patreon page as um, um, too so finally as well if you would like to rate us um, it would be greatly appreciated. That would be on Podchaser or Apple Podcasts. It just helps us get out there a little bit more. So, so Nick, um, we are here in Westchester County in the mansion. I I do find ourselves now down like we are here in uh, the the garage. Um, I did see Wolverine take one of Cyclops's bikes. I was wondering if you wanted to to, to nick one as well. You know what? Might as well because you know you, every now because Slim Summers has an abundance <laughs> of bikes, so I don't think you'll miss them anytime soon. So why not? Exactly, I'm of the same thinking as well. Look, we we came in with the Moon bikes, so we might as well go out with the X bikes. Let's head back to Grand Mansion. Uh, a huge thank you <laughs> once again, Nick, and as always, may country watch over the denizens of the night. and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.